Welcome to the Scrubverse Podcast, your last stop for the latest in gaming news and pop culture. We're your hosts, Chris and Corey. Prepare for dissension. God damn! Uh, I wasn't coughing all fucking day. I don't know what to tell you. Man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But no, I don't know what a pilot light is. Fucking. Oh yeah, we're talking about our fucking fireplaces that, for some reason, our wives want us to turn them on. Yeah, you're supposed to have a pilot light on one of those, man. <laughs> no, I don't have a pilot light. Fucking. Because, well, like I said, the guy who fucking like did our house inspection was just like oh yeah this is an older model so if you turn this thing you have to wait for that like that big flash but it might oh. blow up in your face and i'm like i well, don't we had, want this <laughs> no uh well we had that little thing that the remote's supposed to control it but for some reason i think there's something going on with it because like i can manually turn the fireplace on but the if i turn it on to remote which is in the middle and i try to use the remote to turn it on and off it won't pick it up like it'll set a temperature but and if you set a temperature on the remote, it like the fireplace will turn off once it hits like 70. And then if it starts getting cold again, it'll come back on. Kind of like just like a regular fucking heater would. That sounds and, way uh, more advanced than the archaic bullshit that I got hooked up. Well ours, well, ours used to be an actual fucking fireplace. And then the previous owners uh, converted it to gas. So it's weird because when you're looking at our you've seen pictures of it where we have our fireplace our TVs above the fireplace and then there's like two fucking shelving things on the sides yeah, that yeah. Have, uh doors at the bottom mm-hmm. well on the right side you open those doors and there's more shelves on the left side it's just it has a through thing that has full of wood that you can load from outside of the house so if the outside door is open I can literally look in that cabinet and see outside. But the problem is, there's a lock on the outside door, and we can't find the key. So Just cut it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we could cut it, but we're also like, well, if it's locked, no animals are getting in. So, fuck mm, it. No animals are getting in through that door, but they can definitely be burrowing through a hole somewhere else. I mean, that's true, too. You but. should set that area on fire and kill all the raccoons that are in there. I mean, it's like, I can open it, and it's in my house, and there's no, there's nothing in there, but like very small pieces of wood and that's it oh okay never mind yeah basically what we need to do is we just need to put wood in there close it off and make some more fucking shells but i ain't that worried about it no fuck it uh man i was have i ever told you how much i don't like video game awards ceremonies (laughs) i don't usually follow any of them the only one that i'll like keep track of is the uh it's Gama Sutra, not is it Gama Sutra? It might be Gama Sutra, but they kind of like do the uh, game developers, you know, award show. Some bullshit it takes place in March. That's the one that I really pay attention to because usually the only votes that matter are from within the game development community. I mean, there'll mm-hmm. be some uh, media coverage or media influence on it, but it's it's much less prevalent than it is on like. Oh, this is our IGN's top 10, you know, award <laughs> bullshit or in this case, the Game Awards show. Because wasn't the Game Awards show based off of the Spike TV video games award show? 
either that or one of the G4 ones. I can't remember which one it is. But I remember last year. Was it last year's ceremony or was it the year before? Where No, it had to have been last year's where they had the live performance of uh, what's the Devil May Cry 5 theme? I can't even fucking that. Devil Trigger. Yeah. And it wasn't great. <laughs> no. No, because that song is awful. No, the song's fine. No, the but song it's is even, awful. It's, well, sh- shut up. You got your kids singing bullshit blazing. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, hear shit. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but that live performance was just rough. It was rough, man. Well, we have the list. Uh, you can go to thegameawards.com slash nominees right now and vote for your I mean, w- favorite in each category, which ones you believe are uh, you know worthy like of game of the year and action game and all that stuff. I thought it'd be a fun little game if we just went through every category. Which let's start from the bottom. There's a lot of ca- let's start from the bottom. That works. And we're gonna. I want to do what we're gonna do is we're both gonna choose one that we think is going to win the category. Personally, what we think should win, and then we're going to pick one that we know will probably win because we know how voters are. Sure. Okay. So the first category is VR slash AR games. I. With this one, our choices are Asgard's Wrath, we have, which is by San... I'm not going to go into everything, but Asgard's Wrath, we have Blood and Truth, we have Beat Saber, we have No Man's Sky, and then Trover Saves the Universe, which I get, I think it's from the creators of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I think that that's the Rick and Morty game. Yeah. I'm going, I don't play VR games, but I've always seen cool shit with Beat Saber, so I think Beat Saber is going to win. I know in my heart that Beat Saber is going to win. But I yeah. would really like to see No Man's Sky take it. They've they've turned that game around like 180 degrees. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, like, in this category, really those good. were the two. Those uh, were the two games that I would think would be in the top. I want No Man's Sky to win, but I know Beat Saber's going to take it. I think Beat Saber's going to take this yeah. one too. So uh, next one up is strategy game. Best game focused on a real time or turn based strategy gameplay irrespective mm-hmm. of platform. They got Age of Wonders, Planetfall, Anno 1800, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Total War Three Kingdoms, and Tropico Six. Oh, and Wargroove. I've played four of the six. I played Anno 1800. That's a good game. Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've talked about it before. Uh, mm-hmm. Tropico Six. It's another Tropico. And Wargroove. Wargroove, you know... It's very reminiscent of... Is that the one that's on Switch? Yeah. Uh, okay. Switch and PC. I think it's on PS4 and Xbox One by now. But I haven't played any of these, so it's going to be a fun guess for me. If you've ever played Advance Wars, oh, um, okay. Wargroove is much more similar to Advance Wars than it is to anything else. I mean, like, yeah, you used to put Fire Emblem in the same vein as it because it's mm. turn-based, but... I think I remember you talking about that game at one point because you had said something that it's like Advance Wars. Yeah, it's it. You know, I probably talked very briefly about it because at that time I didn't get too deep or too heavy into it. Um, mm. Overall, I'd like to see the underdog win, which in my case would be Wargroove. But Three Houses, man, that game yeah. is really good. So is Anno eighteen hundred. But I'm I'm putting my money on Fire Emblem. I think Fire Emblem's going to take it. Uh, they got the Nintendo household name behind it. Yeah, it had it had by far the most marketing. So it was one of their big big ones this year. So it, I I think it's gonna win, and I think that would be my choice, and that would be the choice that I would pick for it to win. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't win, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I would be very surprised like, too. Kind of happily surprised, but yeah. 
next one we got is sports uh, slash racing games. Uh, our choices are Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. We have Dirt Rally 2.0, eFootball Pro Evolution Soccer 2020, F1 two, 2019, and FIFA 20. My choice, personally, would be Crash Team Racing. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, what I'm, that's what I'm going with, too. Yeah, but realistically, what's going to win? Probably FIFA. Mm. Is or I don't know. They have had a lot of problems this year too. None of these games really have anything good about them. Like Crash Team Racing did very very well, and then the mm-hmm. whole microtransaction bullshit happened on the back end. But that's more of a peasant problem, as the higher ups would like to say. <laughs> um, I I actually think the Crash Team Racing could take this. You think so? I really I, do. My, my argument behind it would be there's just like I think there's a lot more people that play FIFA than that plays Crash Team Racing. Yeah, but FIFA twenty worldwide. has had a shit ton of problems. But there's still so many people playing it and dumping money into it too. So this I don't is, know. Like so I said, I hope Crash wins. Before we get into that, um, there's there's something that I want to say on the way that the Game Awards is supposed to be supposed to work and that it falls on metacritic score so the the Uh, reason why they're in here is not necessarily because of how many copies they've sold but based on the metacritic score that they've received crash Crash might take it you know i think they were like high 80s where fifa was low 80s comparatively but that's going to be a point that i get into later i'm not going to talk about the metacritic (laughs) score again i'm going to talk about that later but no crash team racing i really hope that it takes it uh after that, anything by Codemasters. Uh, yeah. Because fuck Konami, and uh, I don't give a shit about soccer. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope Crash wins, or Crash Team Racing wins. Uh, after that, we're going into score and music. Uh, <laughs> so, this is for this is a tough one for me. <laughs> outstanding music, uh, inclusive of a score, original song, or licensed soundtrack. So, it doesn't matter if it's the entire uh, album or the entire mm-hmm. score used, or if it's a specific song. Uh, so they got Cadence of Hyrule. They have Death Stranding, which that's the first time it's shown up. Uh, the first. <laughs> Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, Sayonara Wild Hearts. This is a tough one for me. This is It's really very hard. tough for me. Let's let's <laughs> let's get rid of what's definitely not going to win by my standards. Kingdom Hearts 3. Get that shit out the way. I don't know what song that they were thinking of when they put this up here. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. I- I mean, if it's not the the main one that I know from Kingdom Hearts 1, then I don't know fucking anything from Kingdom Hearts. Well, first off, Sanctuary is better than the first song, so let's throw that shit out there right now. Sure. I'm going to pull a Scotty right now, sure, because I've never played any of these games, and I don't think I ever... I think I picked up Kingdom Hearts 1 once because my cousin had it. My cousin had a lot of games growing up mm-hmm. that I didn't. Uh I mean, he's the reason I was even able to play, like, Grand Theft Auto 3. He's the reason I was able to play Conker's Bad Fur Day, because his parents didn't give a shit. They just, like, bought him games and was like, whatever. And my my mom was like, no, you can't have this. And I go over to his house and be like, fuck yeah, these games are awesome. Privilege. But, uh, yeah, but he got the Kingdom Hearts game, and he loves it. I mean, he loved it because of the Disney stuff. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I can't. If you put a gun to my head right now and be like, what's the name of one of the songs from it? I'd be like, "Uh, when you walk away. (laughs) And then they just kill me because that's not the name of it. (laughs) Um, Uh, This is tough for me because I feel like the top two out of this (coughs) should be, in my personal opinion, should be Cadence of Hyrule because that's what the game is based around is music. And that music's not bad in that game. And 
I mean, this is a total biased one for me. This is Devil May Cry 5 because I love the butt rock that's in it. Comparatively, um, as much as I talk shit about it, Devil May Cry 5 has some awesome music. Outside of Devil Trigger, outside of Subhuman, it's got a Crimson really Cloud's good... Crimson Cloud's real good. It's got a really good score. Sayonara Wild Hearts, I've never played the game, but I've heard the music, and that's really good too. Out of all these, the only music I've ever heard from them because I've played them is Cadence of Hyrule and Devil May Cry 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule, it's got really good remixes. However, I do think that it's on the weaker end. Um, okay. Death Stranding has a really good score. Does it? Death like Stranding. Like orchestra score? No, not even. Like, oh. Like alternative rock or um, alternative pop. It's very reminiscent. So... When I think of the music that Hideo Kojima listens to, I'm thinking like David Bowie. I'm thinking of like a very 60s, really? would... 70s type deal. Yeah, it, it was all over Metal Gear Solid Five, And that is very, very prevalent in Death Stranding. Uh, they've got churches playing in it. The, the Do I call them a band? They're more electronica. Uh, they got churches uh, doing a lot of music for it. Oh really? Like yeah. that that one that had a big hit, like they had a big hit like a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, I mean Chino Moreno is in churches, so he's he's a really good composer. He's a really good writer. Um, okay. If you don't know who Chino Moreno is, he's uh, lead singer for Deftones. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, um, I don't know the other two artists, but that that song in the opening is really really good. I think. I th- okay, so. What I'd like to see, I would like to see Devil May Cry get up on the board. I think Death Stranding is going to take it. I do too. And for good reason. Because the music in Death Stranding is really, really good. Also, I feel like, do you think, I've always thought this with game shows, do you think that the prevalence of how close that the game has come out to the Game Awards plays a factor in? No, I don't. I think that something else has a factor in it. Okay. Are we going to get to that later? Yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> okay. later. Okay. All right. So uh, so we think... So my choice would be Devil May Cry 5. Your choice would be Cadence of Hyrule, but we both think that Death Stranding is going to win. I would not choose Cadence of Hyrule. I would actually choose Death Stranding. Okay. So, okay. All right. Well, the next one we got are role-playing games. Uh, our choices are Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy fourteen, Kingdom Hearts 3, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, and The Outer Worlds. Uh, this is a total biased uh, mm-hmm. pick on my end, but I feel like out of all these, it's tough for me, actually. It's actually really tough because there's three really good games on here. Final Fantasy XIV, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, and Outer Worlds. I will but vouch ch- for Disco Elysium. It's really, really good. Is it? Okay. I just haven't played it. But uh, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne is going to have to be my pick. Uh, that game's really, really good. Uh, they had a lot of really good. Because who didn't uh, see that coming? Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Have you played the game? Because it's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't doubt you, and I don't blame you. Uh, it's one of those yeah. things where, on one hand, it's DLC, but on the other hand, doesn't it add like sixty to hundred hours worth of game? No, this to it? isn't a. This is an expansion. Yeah, it's not the, I just mean, a DLC. Sure. At the but again, as I say, it's like sixty to hundred hours worth of content in it. Oh, am yeah, I wrong? Yeah. And they're and they're constantly putting more in. I mean, we still have our event quests. We have. All the weapons got like extra moves because of the new clutch claw uh, method and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But I will tell you, that would be my choice. So I'm going to go with that. But I will say, out of the three that I know and I have played the most of, 
Final Fantasy fourteen should probably win this one because of the immerse like Shadowbringers is such a good expansion. It has such a good storyline. Like if you put out the MMO like shit, all that stuff, that storyline is probably the best out of all of the Final Fantasy fourteen expansions and even base game. That's really good. But I'm gonna go with Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Uh, what's your pick? Um, just piggybacking off everything that you're echoing on Final Fantasy fourteen Shadows Bringers is the same thing that I've heard from everybody. It's outstanding. Yeah. Universal acclaim. Um, Disco Elysium. I've played. I haven't. I haven't gotten enough in it for me to be like, yes, Disco Elysium. Yeah, yeah this game. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I know are saying that it's it's really fucking solid. Here's here's something that I have a problem with though. Um, of the games that have also come out this year, um, and I don't know what the exact cutoff was, and I don't remember what when it came out, but Dragon Quest Eleven is not on this list. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure. Let me let me. It's let me not on that. any list. It's not on any any of these lists that I'm seeing right now. Okay, so you know Look. what. Let me take that back because it's technically a 2017 game. Okay. Uh, we got it later. But Indivisible came out this year as well. Ooh, yeah. You know, even even for an indie title, yeah, Disco Elysium is an indie title that's on here. I think that even Indivisible should be on here as well. I don't think Indivisible is on any of these. I, I didn't see it. No, I didn't uh, either. Kingdom Hearts 3, no business being up here. None. None whatsoever. Um, no, I just don't think it was that solid of a game. It, it's it's not even a good Kingdom Hearts game, let alone a good RPG. We have some people that would probably argue with us, but again, we're not like you are definitely out of the two of us. You know more about Kingdom Hearts than I do. <laughs> yeah, um, and I don't I don't want to sit here and say that I hate Kingdom Hearts. I don't like where it's gone, and I don't mm. like this installment. Um, other than that, based on personal. Uh, experience. I'm gonna go with the Outer Worlds. Uh, it's it's so good. It's just yeah. a really solid sci-fi, uh, Fallout esque uh, RPG. Yeah, and it's what Fallout should have been. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's move on. So you're to, tr- oh no 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 okay. you're good no no no. Well, I, I was just gonna say my choice would be Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Your choice would be. Outer Worlds, and then we both... I think Outer Worlds is going to win this category. I actually think that Monster Hunter is going to win this. You think so? I honestly think that Monster Hunter is going to take it. Alright, I'll switch back over then. I don't want to be the guy be like... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, you take the next one. This one Uh, was weird, because I only know a couple of these people. So, performance. uh, Awarded to an individual for voice acting, motion, and performance capture. Um... So we got uh, Ashley Burke, who played as Pravardi Holcomb in The Outer Worlds. Courtney Hope, who played as Jesse Faden in Control. Laura Bailey, who played as Kate Diaz in Gear 5. Mad Mickelson as Cliff in Man. Death Stranding. Uh, Matthew Poretta as Dr. Casper Darling in Control. And Norman Reedus as Sam Porter Bridges in Death Stranding. My choice, I picked Ashley Burke. Birch? I think, I think, I think it's Birch. I think it's Birch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As Pravardi Holcomb, I I love Pravardi. She's my favorite um, companion that you have in the Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. I just like Ashley Birch because she's funny. I don't know anything else that she's done. You should look up. Uh, 
have you never watched or seen the YouTube channel, uh, Hey Ash, What Are You Playing, or something like that? That's where she started. Really? Like her, It's like her and her brother doing comedy skits and shit like that, and because of that, I mean, anybody that's listening can definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's where she got like her first gig as being in one of the uh, Borderlands games. She was in Borderlands? Yeah, she was the little girl, one of the little girls, a girl from, I think, two? Three just came out, so two. Hmm. There's some little girl that's in two, but yeah, she plays actually, yeah, she's a voice, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but some of her shit is really funny on that YouTube channel. Okay. I haven't checked it out lately, but you should go check that out. Yeah, hey, right Ash, what, I think it's, hey, Ash, what you playing? Okay. Um, Laura Bailey as Kate Diaz, she did very well in Gears 5, um, from what I know and heard, the story and voice acting in Control is really fucking solid. Is it? But so is the acting in Death Stranding. Because uh, it's a 60-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Mad Mickelson was going to get it. Mads Mickelson. I, I'm, I'm going to choose Mad Mickelson because uh, I don't know a whole lot when it comes to video game voice actors. Now, the like, I could point out anybody in like a movie or mm-hmm. even I was watching what was it uh has been hotel this week and I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm pretty sure that's stamper the uh, the snake guy that they're fighting yeah and I'm like I look it up and I'm like oh yeah it's totally fucking stamper and because stamper has that you know, hey little boy like he's I can't even do it he sounds like a he he perpetually sounds like a sassy black lady is what he sounds like and he's okay. great but with these I mean I'm going to pick Mad Mickelson just because I like Mad Mickelson. I think he's a good actor. Uh, the problem is I just don't know enough in this category, so don't hold my vote with a lot of credit. <coughs> and I think Mad Mickelson will probably win it. Him and Norman Reedus. I think Death Stranding is going to wipe up a bunch of stuff this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. But that's that's <laughs> three. That's three for uh, Death Stranding so far, right? Yeah. Uh, you picked... You so picked I this, picked, picked Ashley Burke. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it showed up for music, and for performance, it has two entries. Oh, does it? Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen and Norman Reedus. So that's three nominations. Oh, okay. I thought you... Yeah, yeah, I see. So three nominations for Death Stranding so far, yes. Yep. Uh, Best ongoing game. Awarded to the game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves with the player and experience over time. Ooh. Apex Legends. Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. I'm going to go for I So what I want to win would be Final Fantasy 14 mm-hmm. because of reasons that I've already said. I concur. Uh, what I think is going to win is going to be Fortnite. I don't think so. You don't think so even after the big world reset uh, thing? I do not think so because... Throughout the entire year, they've had a lot of issues. They've had a lot of issues with their bot implementation. So when you're at the lower levels, you're fighting more bots as compared to playing actual players. Um, And some people have been exploiting that. So Mm. I don't think that Fortnite's going to take it. I think that they also had a few other issues, but don't quote me. I don't think that Apex Legends is going to... Yeah, don't, don't quote me. I don't think that Apex Legends is going to win because no, I don't think so. that hype died down almost immediately. I mean, you put us into the ocean once and I was like, I'm done with this game. Don't <laughs> <laughs> <gonna> make me <laughs> cough. <laughs> um, Destiny 2, I guess. Yeah. 
I actually think that Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege is going to take it. You think uh, so? I have nothing to go by on it except for the fact that historically they have a really good positive response with its community. Uh, I think it won last year, and I definitely know that it's won like the year before, and all I hear is positive things coming out of their Reddit community. I think with this one, though, because the, the, the sub thing underneath the title says, awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that involves the player experience over time. Final Fantasy fourteen nailed it this time. Like I would not have, I would not have said that for Stormblood. I would not have said that. A lot of people don't even like Heaven's Ward because uh, when you're leveling, if you're leveling through Heaven's Ward, especially now, I don't know about back then, but when you're leveling, Heaven's Ward is a fucking grind, man. It is just like all right, but everybody is just like this game. This Shadowbringers is amazing. Uh, I think Final Fantasy. I want Final Fantasy to take it, but I think I'm gonna have to put my money on Fortnite just because. That's what the young kids love. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm still gonna put my money on. Uh, I'm still gonna put my vote on Final Fantasy. I mm. think that Rainbow Six Siege is gonna take it. Okay, sounds good. The next one we got is narrative. Uh, this is for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Our first nominee is a Plague's Tale: Innocence. We also have Control: Death Stranding, which is nomination number four, and Disco Elysium and The Outer Worlds. This one's interesting because I've only played one of these games, but I I did want to play a Plague's Tale, a Plague Tale, and I watched Funhouse play it, but they were kind of joking around with it the whole time, so I didn't really like get to see like the full story. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to win, I would probably choose the Outer Worlds. What I think to win, no, that's that's wrong. I would probably choose Death Stranding as my vote and what's gonna win. So I'm going to put the Outer Worlds down as what my vote is. What I think is going to win is Death Stranding. Yeah. I bet you that Death Stranding wins. But if I'm if I'm going to pick anything, it'd be a toss-up between Disco Elysium and the Outer Worlds. I think that Control might have a chance, but my my two picks are going to be the the tail end. I just like skimmed right over that Control game. I just don't I'd watched a couple videos about it and I was just like, "All right." And I just kind of I forgot it was a game until I looked at this list. <laughs> Pat Bovin played that for quite a while, though. Uh, the Funhouse crew played it for a while, while too. I need to jump on their Twitch. I'm I, I'm out of the loop with them. Oh, uh, I don't follow them on their Twitch. Do uh, well, they don't. They don't. Yeah, I follow them on on you know Funhouse, but they don't really do like a whole lot of streaming with Funhouse on Twitch. It's more like you have to follow Lawrence on Twitch or follow Jacob or follow Bruce or. I mean, I even follow James. James jumps on there very rarely, but he does have a Twitch channel. Okay. So. Um, moving on. Best multiplayer game for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. They got Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99, <laughs> and The Division 2. So, right, so clearly the big dick energy in this area <laughs> is coming from Tetris 99. Unparalleled, there there has not been a multiplayer game that has brought the grandmas out from the nursing home like Tetris 99. I beat Sharon's mom and she texts me on Twitter or whatever the fuck it is cursing me out 
And then she yelled at me because I said something back because she was in the middle of dinner with her family and she didn't appreciate it. But- is this a bit? Is no. this a bit or is this for real? <laughs> this is for real. I, okay, I was like, I was like, if this is a bit, you didn't tell me about it. So. <laughs> no, no. All right, no, no. Sharon. This, this is serious. <laughs> oh shit. All right. So what's your vote? What's my, your my, vote? my vote's Tetris 99. I'm dead serious. Yeah, that's, that's going to be my vote too. But what do you think? My vote would be Tetris 99 as well, but I think Borderlands 3 might take this one. I could see Call of Duty Modern Warfare taking it. Yeah, that's true. I can, oh, I yeah, what? Yeah, it. I heard this one was supposed to be really fucking good. Yeah. yeah I'm probably going to go with Call of Duty then. Um, but I hope fucking Big hope, Dick Energy Tetris 99 takes it. Yep. Hit him that's with the that. only nomination that they're on on this entire fucking thing. Uh, if they put Tetris 99 in every single uh, nomin- like every single section, i totally vote for it. It's a fuck it. Yeah. Can Just we skip it. the next one? Uh, best mobile game? I don't know any of these fucking games. I know Sayonara Wild Hearts, and I know Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, I'm just going to take a moment to say what I think it is going to be. I think Call of Duty Mobile is going to take it. They yeah, sure. they had like 20 million downloads in the first week. It was crazy. Have I I'm played surpri- it? No. No. I'm surprised Mario Kart, the Mario Kart one didn't get on here. No, that game did not get well received. <laughs> was not well received. So I will abstain from this category. Independent? No. Oh, 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 mobile, oh, oh, mo- mobile, mobile game. Let's move on. Let's I, move on. No. But independent. Independent game. This is for... Outst- oh, yeah. You fucking know what my choice is going to be on this one. For outstanding creative... It was it was a fucking video that we never came out with. Uh, sorry. Independent game category. For outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game uh, made outside the traditional publisher system. We have Baba Is You. We have Disco Elysium, which that's like three or four nominees on that one it's really good is it uh katana zero outer wilds don't and even no bother. we didn't don't even we bother. didn't mess that one up and then oh this is real tough untitled goose game so what i want to win would be katana zero you're you're troubled right now aren't you <laughs> i want katana zero to win that yes easy it's so good um, we need to check I, back up on that game. Wasn't shit supposed to unlock for it or something? I don't know if there's been downloadable content for it because if there hasn't been and they don't come out with a fucking sequel, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Well, there was all that shit we could have unlocked at the end. Oh no, wait, those can be unlocked doing something. Yeah, but I see with the storyline. Yes, they kept it open. What I think is going to win is Disco Elysium with a wild card coming from Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. I would pick Katana Zero, but I, hon- I think Goose Game's going to get it. I honestly feel like Katana Zero is a bit of the underdog here. Oh, yeah. I, it's I, up I against really the do. big boys. I really do. It, it, like, for indie, indie games, yeah. Because Untitled Goose Game is like the... the uh, what's what's the phrase I'm looking for? It just came out of fucking nowhere. And oh, everyone yeah. it, loved it. Yeah, everyone loved field. it. Because yeah. uh, last year's winner was Celeste, Celeste wasn't it? Yes. Um, Disco Elysium, that's that's just been getting near universal praise. I've I think never the lowest until now. The lowest score I've seen for it is like a ninety two. Baba kind of game is you. Is it? It's a, it's an RPG. Oh okay. Uh, think in the vein of, I guess Divinity. That'd be the best way that I can put it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Baba is you. I seen Wooly play it. I never really got into it. Never heard of it. 
um, you put words together and then it makes things. I'll play Typing of the Dead. Cool. <laughs> I think that Disco Elysium is going to win. So Katana Zero for both of us. I think Untitled Goose Game is going to win, but you think Disco Elysium is going to win. Yeah. We're going to have to go back. We weren't writing these down, so we're going to have to go back and listen to our podcast and be like, which one's actually fucking won? <laughs> I've, I've, I've labeled the ones that I've picked, but yeah, no, you're right. Oof. This this one I didn't play any of these either, so I'm gonna let you take so, control. So games of this one. for impact, uh, a thought provoking game with a pro social meeting or message. We got concrete genie, gris, uh, kind words, life is strange two, and sea of solitude. Um, so I played three of these. I played sea of solitude, but not enough for me to really get behind it. I played gris. Gris is a great game. Okay, and I. I shouldn't say I played it. I know a bit about Life is Strange too. Okay. I want Gris to win, but I think that Life is Strange 2 is going to carry it. I cannot put any input on this category because I know nothing and have I know nothing of these games and never played any of these games. All I'm going to say is play Gris. It's better than everything else here. Cool. Fuck Life is Strange. I, I don't like the first Life <laughs> is Strange. It's, it's fucking shit. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, so the next category we have is game direction. This is awarded for outstanding uh, creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Our first nominee is Control. Our second one is Death Stranding, followed up by Resident Evil 2, which is the remake. We have Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and then Outer Wilds. I want... This is tough for me. Let me start for... What do I think's going to win? Probably Death Stranding. I think Death Stranding is going to win a lot of shit this year. Just because it's Death Stranding. Uh, what I want to win would be probably a tie between Resident Evil 2 or Sekiro. So looking at what the actual uh, little section is describing, award for outstanding, cre- outstanding creative vision and innovation in a game direction or design. I honestly think that The Outer Wilds is the best game that fulfills this category. that category. Okay. Um, it's so interesting. Uh, I mean, it's it's a game that you play in 22 minute increments, and you have, you know, albeit a very a rather small one, but you have this entire galaxy for you to explore, and in you have minutes. to discover the lore and solve the the puzzle, so to say, piece by piece. It's piecemeal to you, and you gain, you know, more insight into why this cycle is taking place. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I I don't think that it should even be here. It was weird. Like I thought about it. And I'm uh, like now that you pointed out, I'm just like game direction. I mean, it's just dark. Like it's a lot like Dark Souls, it's, right? It's, like it's Ninja it's, Dark Souls. Yeah. And this, I I have to go with the same thing with Resident Evil too. It it looks great. Don't get me wrong. And they've changed a lot of aspects to it. But, but the game I, direction's been the same since the original game release. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think it does anything special, comparatively. You yeah. can argue Death Stranding's placement here, and you can definitely argue Control's uh, placement here. That said, from what I have heard about Control, I do think that it has a shot beating Death Stranding, but mm-hmm. I, I concur with you. I think that, 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 that Death Stranding is going to take it. I think so too. Uh, yeah. Now that, yeah, yeah, 
There we go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, also, okay, this next one is, uh, or I'll, I'll let you take this next one because I did the last so, one. So, presented by Subway. Yeah. The fresh it's indie fresh. game. It's the fresh. I don't know a single Subway that uses fresh ingredients. I fucking worked at Subway for two years. And nothing was fresh about it. It all no. came prepackaged. Go go to Jersey Mike's. Um, go to Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Austin, Austin uh, what is I don't, it? I don't think Jimmy John's is that good. Eh, it's it's okay, but uh, there's one down in Austin called uh, Thundercloud Subs. That's really fucking good. It's like locally owned and locally ran and all that shit. We have so a firehouse subs down us. That, that's yeah, though fire, firehouse subs with Thundercloud. You walk into it, and the place where you order your food is in the middle of the restaurant, and it's like a stage where you can almost walk all the way around it because it's all just sub creation sections in the middle. You have like eight subway or not subway, but eight people making sandwiches where you just stand in line and they'll wave you over and be like next. And you walk up to their part of the circle and they make your shit. And then you walk over to the far side and pay for it. There's like two areas that re- that reminds me of uh, two places. One, my Wawa has something oh. Similar to fucking that. Wawa. We Fuck have Wawa. You. Yeah, it's pretty Fuck great. Fuck you, dude. Wawa's it's, great. Anyone that don't know what Wawa is, I believe, well, now they're in your area, but they originated, the the two places that I knew for a fact they were in were Florida and Philly. I think it started in Florida. I think it did, too. But, man, it started, oh, it's all Thanksgiving time, too. You get the gobbler? Ah, oh, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I've been eating that shit for, like, weeks. Dude, so the gobbler, you can get it in bowl form or sandwich form. And it's just fucking Thanksgiving. It's turkey, mashed potatoes, like, stuffing, cranberry sauce, all that shit. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bullshit. great. It's, it's bullshit. Ah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway. anyway, I was going to say something. Else. Oh, the second place that that reminds me of is Cafe Royale, which was a strip club on Long Island where okay. it, it would bowl out and that's where the pole would be. And then it was like this this walkway for the strippers to do their thing. But on yeah. the bottom floor around that platform, the bartenders would be there and then they would bring out like food if you ordered. So like you could have a steak dinner. And then you're watching like this fashion show, except it's in reverse because they take their clothes off and it's great. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a uh, an Alamo draft house, but with titties. Exactly. <laughs> I told you about that, right? I think I told it on the podcast where I went and watched Jojo Rabbit at an Alamo draft house. And at Alamo draft house, once the movie starts, there's a waitress that walks up and is like, ask you if you want anything. And yeah, she yeah, walked yeah. up. And I was like, shush, I shushed her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I was like, you, I, don't, I don't know. All right, anyway, let's get to um, what we were talking about. We're yes, halfway anyway, through. Anyway, uh, the indie, the fresh indie game, they have, uh, this This is going based off of developers. I'm going to say the developer and then the game. Uh, Zaum okay. for Disco Elysium. I don't know if that's supposed to be two separate developers, sure. but sure, whatever. Uh, Nomada <laughs> Studio for Gris. Dead Toast Entertainment for my friend Pedro. Mobius Digital for the Outer Wilds. Mega Crit for Slay the Spire. And House House for Untitled Goose Game. I will say that I absolutely love Mobius Digital's name. That's yeah, a it's really pretty great. Good name. It's pretty great. This yeah. is a very difficult choice for me. Um, I've played all these games. Uh, <laughs> let's get rid of the ones that suck. Uh, Dead Toast Entertainment. I didn't think that my friend Pedro was that good. Um, okay. Mega Crit 
for Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is like what's the game that that I played? Um, Darkest one Legend. step, no, one step from Eden. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of Darkest Dungeon and One Step from Eden put together. Um, instead of it being like the the Mega Man Battle Network yeah. grids type battle, you have a deck of cards. It's a deck builder game. Um, but you actually draw cards and then you take actions with action points based on what you have in your hand. And it's okay. cool because you can pick up like um, you can get upgrades to your deck, but in return you get a like a curse. And it like like, for example, one of the curses regret um, at the end of your turn, you take damage equal to the number of cards left in your hand. Oh, OK, um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's like when the, the darkest dungeon characters level up, they have a they have a probability of getting something good or something bad yes um for slay the spire i have not gotten that far into it Mm. i see the potential and i can see why it's up here but honestly compared to some of the other games such as disco elysium gris the outer wilds and untitled goose game it kind of falls to the wayside so mega crit would also fall as well um i don't see that gris is going to take it no. And then it comes down to Disco Elysium, uh, Mobius Digital for Outer Wilds, and House House. I think I vote for House House. I think I vote that for House House as well. House House will take it for Untitled Goose Game. I can see Zaum taking it. Yeah, this is like its fifth fifth nomination. Um, I I would also really like to see Mobius Digital win it because the Outer Wilds is just such a good game. This is like a this is terrible for us because this is a podcast where we talk about both Outer Wilds and Outer Worlds. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the 2019 worst. 2019 yeah. is the worst year and I hope that like nothing ever happens like this again. But Also Subway is totally on here because they're like trying to get into the gaming world now because they're like they're on Twitch a lot now too. Are you for real? Also the, wait, you know the whole September thing had Subway's name all over it. No. On Twitch, every year they do September, which subs are half off on Twitch. Okay. And this year it was presented by Subway because it has the word sub in it. So, yeah, that's why I'm pretty sure that's why Subway has a category endorsed by them on here. Very well. Whatever. All right. Now we're getting into the really the better categories, I would say. Uh, so. First of all, I'm going to disagree with one of these in this category, but anyway. <laughs> all right, so the next category is fighting game. For the best game design, designed primarily around head-to-head combat, we have Dead or Alive 6, we have Jump Force, Mortal Kombat 11, Samurai Showdown, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I've, I think I would want... This is hard because I'd like Samurai Showdown. Samurai I, Showdown is probably the best fighting game that's on this list. Yes, I would. My personal list would be Samurai Showdown because the one that is going to win isn't even a fighting game. It's it's Smash Bros. That's the one I think is going to win because I mean it's Smash Bros. I don't know. There's a lot of people that disagree with you in that. And I would say say otherwise. I, I would say now now I would say with Ultimate I would classify it as a fighting game. Okay. I'm not gonna get into. I'm not gonna get into that. No, you get into it right now. <laughs> okay. Um, Smash One had rock paper scissor mechanics, like yes. every other fighting game. 
just because of the inclusion with items and the the very different way that you KO your opponents, I really don't see that as an inhibitor. I think that it created its own style of fighting games with the platform fighters. Yeah, because even now you'll see like, oh, this is a Smash clone. This is a Smash clone fighter. Or, you know, like we played, I mean, we've not clones, but we've played indie games that were based off of Smash Bros games. Yeah. So they created like a genre of fighting games themselves. What I think it is, it's less about whether or not Super Smash Brothers is a fighting game and whether or not the communities can fucking talk to each other. Yeah. I think there's a whole lot of issue is. Yeah, that's what it is. But I don't know. I have uh, with the inclusion of Terry, I've come around to some other sides of the game. So <laughs> I don't even care that Terry is terrible. I love Terry. He's not terrible. He's great. I love uh, him. He's mid tier. He's mid tier. I mean, we've seen some. There's somebody. There's somebody out there that's like, that's my favorite character, and then come to find out it's the worst character in the game. <laughs> yeah, and some people will still play it. That's true. And that's kick true. our asses with it. <laughs> yeah. Like. Anyway, so your choice is. My choice would be I would want to I would want Samurai Showdown to win, but I think Smash Bros would win this. Okay. I don't think that Smash Brothers is going to win this. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think that honestly Mortal Kombat 11 is going to win this. Not that it deserves it. Right. I just think that when people think of fighting games, they are more likely to pick Mortal Kombat 11 over Super Smash Brothers, regardless of what anyone else says, thinks, believes, whatever. Um, I would say that the Nether Realms community, like their fan community, is almost on the same level as the Smash community. Really? I, I honestly think so. Hmm. Um, it, it, Mortal Kombat is arguably, when you look at all the generations going out, uh, Mortal Kombat in the United States is either on the same level or probably a little bit more popular than Street Fighter in the States. That could, yeah. especially with Mortal Kombat Ten. I really liked Mortal Kombat Ten. And I mean, even like even going way beyond that, like think back to the '90s. What was the big game that everyone was talking about? Mortal, oh, Kombat, it was Mortal 2. Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat it, One, Two, it had, and Three. It had controversy around it too. Yeah, yeah. Super, uh, not Super Smash. Street Fighter. You know, was popping. You know, yeah. when people think of fighting games, a lot of people will point back to Street Fighter. I honestly Street Fighter One's garbage. <laughs> yeah, um, but I honestly think that Mortal Kombat Eleven will take this one. I want Samurai Spirits to win or Samurai Showdown. Okay, uh, that's that's my two cents on the matter. I don't know why Jump Force is on this list. I don't either. I saw it. I, I was like, no what? fucking clue. I was like, I, I guess think, that did come out last, this year. <laughs> I think that they didn't have enough slots to put in and an actually good fighting game, which, again, correct me if I'm wrong if it came out this year or not, Blaze Blue, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. You're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> um... Let's let's figure that out. Jump when Force, did you I, come I, out? Did Jump Force May get 9th. good? Like, did it get lot good like meta scores or Metacritic scores and all that? I don't think so. I heard it was just uh, maybe it was fine. I just, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, fighting games that came out. It's got a no, six out of ten on Steam. Uh, three point eight out of five on GameStop. It missed this had the cutoff last fit. year. It had to be a slot fill. 
Yeah. That's that's all I can say. Like, it had to be. Maybe we'll get Guilty Gear Strive on the next year one. Yeah, it Maybe got not. A Metacritic. Metacritic. 60 on PC, 56 on PS4, and Ooh. 61 on Xbox One. Wow. This this is just to fill a slot. Is it? Does every category have at least five nominees? It looks yeah, like it so far. I think so, yeah. They have at least five nominees. So I would have had to I would have cut it. Yeah, I would have just done four. Anyway, uh Samurai Showdown. Yeah, hope Samurai Showdown wins, but you think Mortal Kombat, I think Smash. So next category. Family game. Or as RGT eighty five will put it, the Nintendo category. <laughs> uh, for the oh. best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform, they got Luigi's Mansion Three, which, by the way, I beat that today. Uh, Is that a? F- I guess oh, okay. I'm thinking. I guess when I saw Family Game, I thought of like games that your family could play with. And I can. I guess Luigi's Mansion is a family. I think game? it's more family friendly rather okay, than family game. I think that yeah. that's what they were going for. Uh, Luigi's Mansion Three Ring Fit Adventure, which I really want to play it because it has. <laughs> It weird. has it has RPG elements to it, and that's oh, all I care shut about. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> uh, Super Mario Maker Two, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Yoshi's Crafted World. I forgot that came out. <laughs> so after beating Luigi's Mansion Three, I originally had that pegged, but I actually now want Super Mario Maker Two to win. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Super Mario Maker Two as well. Uh, however, I think that Super Smash Brothers. Is going to take it. Uh, yeah, Smash is probably going to take this category. Yeah, but Super Mario Maker Two should get it just because I just love the creativity in that game. Mm-hmm. I it's, just love. It's great. I love it. Yeah, it kind of like I dropped off, dropped it really hard after like the first couple weeks, but it's still going. Like people are still making levels and shit. For I it, would so. honestly, and I know that it probably, I'm I'm the odd man out. I would honestly have this down for one of the games of the year. Super, Mario Maker uh, Two. Mario oh, Maker yeah, Two. Yeah. Not only right. is it a good game, like it sold like record, like really high copies. Like I think everyone I know that cared about it bought it the day it came out. Yeah, and like it was really, really good. And like it was like one of the number one games on Twitch for a long time too. So, yep. Can we skip this? Can we skip like the next three? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> esports. Fuck esports. Fuck esports. Yeah. Uh, okay. So esports to- game of the year. Do you want to? Do you want to go over this? Let's okay. So the three that we're gonna skip are esports team. Chris and I are not very big into the esports e- at all, so our input here would be moot. So esports team, eh? Esports player, I don't know any of these. Esports host, what's going on with video game categories, man? Like you could easily like I understand. I understand why esports are so big. Like I understand it, but I don't. That doesn't mean I have to accept it. Uh, but. I remember back like in the nineties stuff is like best puzzle video game and like best such and such video game. Like I'm surprised it didn't have a puzzle theme to this year. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Uh yeah, we should do esports game of the year. Like there's a couple here that we are aware of and know of, so you do it. <laughs> do I, I don't want to do it? Yeah, you have to do it because you discuss Oh God, it's all esports. <laughs> um, no no, if we're you know what? We're just I have zero skip. input. I honestly have zero input. Let's skip everything. Let's go up. Do you even want to do content whoa, creator whoa, of the year? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Esports event. I'm just going to okay. throw this out there. We'll do event. Uh, so esport events, 2019 Overwatch League Grand Finals, uh, Evo 2019, Fortnite World Cup, uh, IEM Kato Weiss. 
2019. I don't think I said that right. You can do uh, good. No, I think that's like a Japanese word, and I just like shoved it. Whatever. Uh, League of Legends World Championship 2019 and the International 2019. If I don't you don't know... vote for Evo every time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. The only one that matters is Evo. I'm not the even going to say what I Evo. think is going to win. It's going to be. It's Evo. Evo, Evo, Evo. And here, I have something to bitch about. How come when they have best esports player, they have no fighting game players? If they don't have just Wong, they don't have anybody. Yeah, I would have been fine with just one. I don't even care if you put Sonic Fox up there again. Give me something to vote on. Oh, dude, did he win last year? Maybe. I guess. He should have won. That year where he, like, won. It was to Evo there was something. There was something where he got esports player of the year. I do remember him getting that. Because he, he's always in the suit. So that's how I always remember it. Yeah. Uh, sadly, what I think is probably going to win here is either going to be the Fortnite or the Overwatch one. I don't care if you don't if you don't pick Evo, you don't play. Always games. Evo. We need to we need to set up a time to go to Evo. I really just want to go to Evo one year. I don't even want to compete because I'm garbage at fighting games. But I, just I would totally watch. just go. I yeah. just want to watch. Uh, next category is more esports coach content creator of the year. I only know there is nobody these. from YouTube here. They're all no. streamers. No, you don't even have like. I get Ninja didn't make it on here either, but we got Shroud. That's it. I'm surprised that Dr. Disrespect didn't get on here. Now, if they had the most content creator of controversy in the year, then maybe. <laughs> um, uh, let's skip. Let's go to community support. Sure. Recognizing so a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness. Uh, Apex Legends coming from EA. Bungie for Destiny 2. Square Enix for Final Fantasy 14, Epic Games for Fortnite, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. This is a car. Th this is a carbon copy of the same it's nominees. The exact from the other same one. thing from the other. I'm not gonna look. Tom Clancy's. That's like. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Final Fantasy 14. Thing. So I'll just go with Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> Next category. <laughs> oh, no, I'm really curious. Is, is ongoing game? Did I say ongoing game? Uh, this one is community support for the other one is let me look. All right. So you stay on that one. I'll go find this other one real quick. Uh, it was a little ways down here. Where is it? Uh, scored music role playing game. No, it wasn't that one. Oh, ongoing game. Yeah. Awarded to game. That's what this category is. Awarded to game for outstanding development of ongoing content. So this one is about the content. The other one is about the responsiveness of the community. But it's the same five, the exact same five. No, no, no. If there's going to be that difference in correlation, because I specifically stated, sorry, I'm, it sounds like I'm out of breath because I just drank the rest of my beer. <laughs> um, if it's strictly based on content, then I would put it on Final Fantasy 14. Okay. But for this one, when it comes to community support, then I would say Rainbow Six. Tom Rainbow Six. Okay. Yeah. Again, I, with this one, I don't know the community as, I, about, as Again, that it much. doesn't fucking matter anyway. Yeah. Uh, on, this This... One. This uh, these two categories could have been put together. Yeah. Uh, next, audio design, recognizing the best in-game audio for sound design and sound design, whatever. Uh, they got Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, uh, Control, Death Stranding, Gears Five, Resident Evil Two, Sekiro, Shadowed Stike twice. I thought that there was going to be seven of them. That's why I didn't say and. Um. <laughs> Audio design, when I think audio design, I don't necessarily think either the voice acting nor the um, the soundtrack, although those could be elements to it. 
I'm thinking like audio effects. Yeah. So like the way that you walk, you know, in the case of or, Gears Five, the chainsaw going off, or Mister X that, coming through. <laughs> yeah the the way that your environment interacts with you. Um, I would want Resident Evil. Th- so Resident Evil can, can be in this category because the audio design plays in part with the fear of the game. So I would want Resident Evil 2 to win. I don't know what will win. Probably, I don't know, just Death Stranding. I'll throw it in there. Whatever. This is a tough one. So I... what would you want to win? I personally would want Sekiro to win. Okay. I actually think that Gears 5 can take it. You think Gears 5 can take this one? I think that Gears 5 can take it. The sound, the sound design, the audio design for Gears 5 is exceptionally well done as far as like death stranding or control i I, again i can't speak for control because i didn't play it yeah um i mean fuck yeah maybe death stranding but i i actually think the gears 5 can take it i want i just want sekiro to be on the board that's really what it comes down to yeah so let me put let me put my thoughts on gears 5 to win and i'll put sekiro later that's okay. the way I'll justify it. All right. Uh, so our next category is art direction presented by Samsung QLED. It is for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. We have the nominees are Control, Death Stranding, Gris, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, I love the art style of Legend of Zelda, but I don't know if it's going to hold up to all these other ones. I like it a lot. I don't think that it's going to win. When it comes down to making an art direction of making something look very realistic, I feel like it trumps a lot of very high art stuff when it comes to cartoony things. I don't personally believe it should, but in these categories like this, I believe it happens sometimes. Uh, Art direction, I really like the art direction of Legend of Zelda and Sekiro. Those are the only two I can talk for or speak for since I didn't play the other ones. Just the animation in the cutscenes alone in Death Stranding, mm-hmm. they are really well done. That mocap's on point. <laughs> yeah. It's really well done. You think Death Stranding's going to I, I, I voted one? for Death Stranding. I think Death Stranding would take it. I'm just going to... That'll be my choice on what I think... What I want to win will always be different, but what I think will win, if Death Stranding's in it, it's probably going to be Death Stranding. <laughs> well, I think that... It could be justified because it also says for technical achievement, not just for creative design. Yeah. So for technical achievement, I think the Death Stranding can take it. It's really well done. Okay. All right. Now we're getting... Oh, we only have three categories left. Okay. I just I just want to say something no, go ahead. real quick. They split up action-adventure, and they, and they also split up action as that's, two separate that's weird. categories. I think that's bullshit. I think that I, one of these should be I think that they should be condensed and combined because what is it for for action game Apex Legends is in here Call of Duty Modern Warfare is in here uh Gears 5 yeah. is in here Metro Exodus is in here those are all first person shooters you could have yeah. made a first person shooter category yeah, how do why do you there not have no a first person shooter category? There is no excuse because you're putting it in the same vein as Devil May Cry and Astral Chain. Totally, totally different games. So I, mm, 
I don't agree with that. All I don't right, agree well, with that at all. The first um, one we have. Sure, let's go with Action Adventure. Uh, I think that it could be a toss-up between... What are Resident our nominees? Two. Okay, yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I'm voting for Sekiro. Yeah. I put my vote down for Sekiro. But I also think that Resident Evil 2 could take it. It has Resident Evil 2 has got some good puzzle solving. (laughs) Yeah. And as much as, you know, we've clowned on Randy Pitchford the year. Yeah. Borderlands 3 is a legitimately good game. Yeah, it is. Do I put it on the same level? I don't think so. Honestly, I would put Borderlands 3 in in like the first person category, the first person shooter category, because that's where it should be. Yeah, it's a first person shooter game. Um, but because sh- of the little caveat here that says adventure, they could just say fucking Death Stranding. Yeah. I don't think that they will. I don't think. I don't think. No, that no, Death no, no. I don't think this. Death Stranding is going to win this category. I honestly think that I would want Resident Evil Two or Sekiro to win it. With this one, I think Control might win with this one. Sure, whatever. Our yes. our shit doesn't matter. So, <laughs> uh, best action game for the best in game. For the best game in the action genre, primarily focused on combat. Uh, Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Devil May Cry 5, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Gears 5, Metro Exodus. I gotta say something. Metro Exodus is a is a really good game. And yeah. I don't think it got enough love on this list as it should have. The same thing goes for Devil May Cry 5. And I'm really pissed that it only it's, shows up twice on this list. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm my choice in the action game. So when I think of action game, I don't think of these shooter games. No. So my I'm narrowed down to Devil May Cry and Astral Chain, which I like yep. really like both of those games. I would want Devil May Cry to win because I love Devil May Cry. Out of all these, what I think is going to win is going to be Call of Duty. Yeah, I can see Call of Duty winning it. Either yeah. Call of Duty or Gears. Yeah, I don't think. Sadly, I would want Astral Chain to win because that game's phenomenal. But it's I don't think it's gonna win. It's its only nomination too. Yeah. I, I put down for Devil May Cry five. Okay. Just because I think it's a better game than Astral Chain, but I agree. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is gonna take it. All right, here's the number one. So we got game of the year. Uh this is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Our nominees are Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil Two. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. Okay, so... I already said that I, I'm upset that Devil May Cry 5 is not in here. Yes. Of all these games, I honestly think that The Outer Worlds is the best game on the list. Honestly. Um, unfortunately, I haven't played Control. Uh, I haven't either. Resident Evil 2 is a really solid game. Really solid, but The Outer Worlds just scratches that RPG itch for me. Same thing with Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I am a huge Dark Souls fan. Yeah. But I honestly think that The Outer Worlds does a better job in the world building. Yep. What what I want to win would be either Resident Evil 2 or 
I'm not even going to say or. I think it should be Resident Evil 2. They did a really, really, really good job on that remake. Like, legitimately, like, that game is fucking scary to play. Yeah. Uh, what I think is going to win is either going to be Outer Worlds or Death Stranding. I honestly think that Death Stranding is going to take it. Yeah. Just, just without a doubt. And the reason why I think that is is because the host of the awards show or the game awards show, Jeff Keighley, is friends with Hideo Kojima. And if you remember back in 2015 yeah. when Metal Gear Solid Five won Game of the Year, Konami kept Kojima from accepting the award. Which is bullshit. So since then, Jeff Keighley and <laughs> Hideo Kojima became really, really good friends. Mm-hmm. He's in the fucking game. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeff Keighley's in the fucking game. Maybe he'll just be like, hey, let's give it to my buddy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, this isn't the first time that's, that it's, you know, been said about this. Because the guy from fucking uh, Famitsu, which they gave Death Stranding a 40 out of 40, which I think only they've only given 23 games a perfect score. He's also really good friends with Hideo Kojima. So you're seeing Death Stranding, and this is just another example of it, getting the buddy-buddy treatment when Death Stranding has a Metacritic score of 73. Ooh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's on here eight or nine times, and it has the lowest Metacritic score with the exception of Jump Force. I don't know, man. Uh, but we'll see. When do the uh, When are the game awards being aired? Uh... The winners will be revealed live on Thursday, December twelfth. December twelfth on is it going to be on a station on a TV channel or is it just going to be on? It's going to be streamed. Just going to be streamed. All right, so yeah, check it out on December. You said December twelfth. Yep. So yeah, we'll be. I'll be in Austin that week, but I'll be watching just to see. I'll be pl- I'll be having it in the background while I do something because I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, I hope it this one wins. <laughs> so I'm not even gonna watch. I'm gonna wait for the results later. <laughs> there you go. Because at the end of the day, honestly, this just doesn't matter. Nah, it doesn't. Because the games market, that we a- would choose are not even on here. Some of them aren't. I would say most of them are, but not not to the frequency that they've been shown off. A lot of games that got shown off. Uh, Eight or nine times should have probably only been up there four or five. A lot of these categories are just goofy, too. I don't. And that's the thing. You it's that's the thing, too. Like if someone were to listen to our podcast that loved esports, they they'd probably be like, oh, they just they don't understand. And that's true. Maybe we don't fully understand the esports thing, but I just no, know I'll, that I'll give it to you. Yeah, I don't understand. And I don't want to. I'm good. It's 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 OK to like different things. OK, yes. I don't knock you. For being the the esports guy or the Dota Two League of Legends guy or whatever, if that's your thing, that's okay. I'm not for you. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. But the the lack of recognition, yeah, for other genres or other aspects is a little disheartening. Yeah, because the fighting game community, albeit exponentially smaller than you know the FPS community or the mobile community. There should have you know, been a fighting least, game player on there. At least throw something in there. Yeah. You have all these other ones. There should have been Justin Wong or, I mean, fucking infiltration, anybody. infiltration, Sonic, Goichi. Fox. Yeah. So, any of them or, any, uh, or Daigo or, or any of that stuff. So Daigo didn't have a good year. They not. Okay. 
All right, man. We got through. That was the longest icebreaker we've ever done, but I feel like it was a fun thing. Uh, what have you been doing this week? I haven't really been talking to you this week. Uh, I've had a crazy week. I'm not going to get into everything that went on. I'll, I'll tell you later. All right. Um, it's that, that scrub versus after dark. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's believe me, it's dark. Um, <laughs> we just got done making like it's the holiday season. I'm not really the holidays guy. My wife is. But there's one thing that I love doing, and that is making five gallons of Coquito. I don't know if you know what Coquito is. I think you've told me about this, but for uh, our listeners, let's is, tell them what it is. It is a Spanish or Puerto Rican, in this case, concoction of condensed milk, evaporated milk, yep. and like a handle of rum. Is it kind and of you, like a, without the rum, is it kind of just, is it like a version of horchata? I would say that it's comparable. Like an alcoholic horchata? I, I would say it's comparable, but the thing is that horchata is made with rice. Uh, okay, and this is just you know condensed and evaporated milk. Also, you've learned all of, you've all learned all of this from your wife's side, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> my wife says that I am the whitest Spanish man that she's ever met. Dude, it's like I learn like I live in the country and all that stuff, but I know how to make moonshine. So <laughs> yeah, like that you learn shit in life. You That's learn shit from your environment. That's the best way I can put it. But other yeah. than that, uh, like I said, I beat Luigi's Mansion three. The, how was it? Ooh, so ugh. I really want to like it. I really, really want to like it. The problem is, is I hate the fucking control so goddamn much. Ooh, you were talking about that last week. It is so infuriating because when I, if I'm going to move something around, if I'm going to move my, you know, my gun or my vacuum or my light with the right control stick, I want to be in first person mode or if I'm going to be third person over the shoulder. Okay. Not this fixed camera angle bullshit. It is so fucking annoying. I've gotten killed so many times just because of that bullshit. All right, then. That's really all I got to say on it. Other than that, the game is fantastic. It's great. It's... I want to say that it's Nintendo at its best. Um, Have you played the other two? I played a little bit of the other two. Where we, I can't say that play? which one... Okay. I, I can't necessarily say that one is better than the other ones. Um, because I haven't gotten far enough to really like get a, a solid feel for them. There's a lot of new mechanics that they added to this game. Um, I I would have to just go back and see. But honestly, Luigi's Mansion is a great game. I just have certain walls that I can't break through. And it's tarnished the experience for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, other than that, I had to figure out a way to... <laughs> sneak this into the house oh okay it's it's out. based off of the anime okay yeah yeah it's it's the anime version so this is a statue that i found at a GameStop. it was cheap it was like 30 bucks um based off of the castlevania anime it's not anything special it's it's plastic it's very, that wh- that wisp or the, the wisp that uh that whip is very springy yeah it's it's just hard plastic oh I'm it's not posable no it's not a posable uh statue but it's cool yeah start building that statue collection up yeah i'm 30 dollars today 300 dollars tomorrow four thousand dollars the next day <laughs> how much was your fucking uh shovel night oh it was like 330 after everything yeah it's there's... a really good statue <laughs> no there's there's some solid fucking statues over you at should... a uh, store named painted visions near me They've got a supersonic there, like the old school supersonic and a Kirby in sword form that looks 
when I come so up there for good. MAGFest in less than... When I come up there for MAGFest in about a month, we're going to have to check it out. Yeah. So, First Four Figures has a lot of... They just released... Uh, or they're, they're shipping, I think. Or you can pre-order their Dracula from Castlevania. They just came out with one uh, at First Four Figures. Yeah, you should go check it out. That's minimum $300. <laughs> and they always have special editions, so you can spend more of if you want. Of course they do. Yeah, they, they have do. a bunch of Sonic ones, too, that they've released. So... I saw some of their Sonic ones. They look really good. Their Sonic one, where the one where Tails is holding Sonic or mm-hmm. carrying Sonic, that one's really good. And then there's the That's one where it has nice. his feet running really, really fast. And there's a is light. Is he doing that, the figure eight? Yeah, it's the figure eight. And there's a light that goes through it when you turn it on. I think there was a lighter nice. version. Yeah. Even just their basic Bowser statue was beautiful. It's awesome. Right on. Um, This, the, the last two weeks have kind of reignited my love for star wars um all right mainly with the mandalorian but before i get into that or before we get into that okay uh i did pick up star wars jedi fallen order okay that game is fucking dark souls it's with- star wars dark souls it, it is dark souls and metroid mixed together that sounds pretty good. <laughs> it's it's actually a really good game. It's the first good Star Wars game I've gotten in 10 years. You don't understand what it means to me. It is so so you play as um like just random Padawan named Cal. I don't remember his last name. I don't care. <laughs> the storyline takes place right after Order 66 when all the Jedi are killed and the purge is going through and you have these Sith not the Sith, these M- Imperial inquisitors going through looking for the Jedi, killing them out, right? Such such a reference to the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is getting to, it's getting to that time where if you look at the prequels, all the Jedis are like super strong and crazy and, yeah. you know, they can, they can split the waters. They're like, they're like walking Moses, you know, they can do all these miracles. And then it's finally getting to that point where, a Jedi is one super fucking rare, and two the entire scenery is getting to that dark gritty shit that I like. Yeah, there's a reason why I like the original trilogy. It's mainly because it's it's gritty. You know, everything can kill you more or less. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite one. Yeah, exactly. Um, th- this this game is it, it is dark. It is gritty. You're this Padawan that's just trying to not get fucking killed not get found out and you're working as a uh like an engineer on these giant imperial star destroyers and it's cool it's it's okay. really really cool uh gameplay wise it's a little bit like neo okay less less dark souls more neo i saw um, some parts where you could like throw your lights the throwing of the lightsaber i thought was always cool where you like boomeranged mm-hmm. it and I, yeah. I always thought that was cool so i mean you get your force abilities and your force abilities is kind of like your key to your keys to be able to progress through the story because there's going to be certain aspects. Oh, I can't jump over this giant ditch because I need my force jump, which is your yeah. double jump. I need to be able to wall run or, you know, some, I need force push or shit like that. Yeah. Um, but goddamn, the, the enemies wise, if they're stormtroopers, they die easy because right. they're stormtroopers. They ain't, they ain't shit. You fight against the wildlife. They'll fucking kill you <laughs> like in like two shots. I fought a frog and it swallowed me. Well, if we know anything from watching the Mandalorian, yes, the wildlife will fuck you up. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, the wildlife is no joke in that fucking game. I'm in this area where there's nothing but these rams, and they don't care. Fuck your iframes. You hit me three times, I'll punch you right in the face with my head. <laughs> they, have wake up, they have wake-up ultras. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 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 so lame. Really, but, my cross? No. <laughs> Fallen Order is a great game. It's it's not without its issues. It's It's a little bit buggy. There's some glitches, but honestly... From what I've played, I've only played about three or four hours of it. It's really, really good. Who was the developer so, on that? Respawn. Really? Titanfall 2. Yeah. Ooh, okay. You yeah, piqued my interest, it's, sir. It's 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 a good game. Like, I know that you're not into the Star Wars and you're definitely not into the Magic Samurai bullshit. <laughs> Swallow your pride for this one. If you see it on sale, go pick it up. Right. I would say if you see it for 40 bucks. Black Friday's you're coming only, up. You're only doing yourself a disservice. Black Friday's yeah. coming up, so I might pick it up. Yeah. It's really good. But let's talk about The Mandalorian. All right. I did watch it today. I know. Okay. I, I really like the episodes are only like 30 minutes long. Yeah, they're not. They're not super long. I will say, they're, I, I'm going to start off by saying I wish this wasn't PG, but I know why it's PG. Mm-hmm. Also, being PG, they do push the boundaries a little bit. They get away with some stuff with the PG rating. That yep. first that first episode where I don't want to get too much into it because it's new and I don't want to spoil it so much for everybody. Nah, man. They had three weeks to watch this shit. No, they haven't. They have not had three weeks. They had two, one day to watch episode three. So We don't we, have to go that deep into episode three, although it is my favorite episode. That episode's real good. That's probably yeah. the strongest one out of the first three. We can talk a little bit about the first episode because everyone probably knows everything about it. But that first episode where I'm just like, you said, like, I can't believe that they had this one thing happen. And I'm watching. I'm like, oh, shit, that door just cut that person in half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, OK. Yeah, they yeah. didn't show up. But they alluded to it real hard. Oh, yeah, they did. Like, if that so, was R, though, that shit would have been shown. Like, yeah, I understand. It's Disney. They're not going to, like, make it rated R. Now, here's my thing about it. I actually don't that like that opening se- scene because it is very awkward. I think the dialogue is very, very awkward. And I don't know if it's necessarily the the Hutties translation um, versus, like, the Mandalorian coming in and then, like, the music just coming out of fucking nowhere and everyone turns around and is like, oh, shit, it's a Mandalorian. It's It feels like it's very artificial in its threat so to say i could be the only one that feels that way i just i hate that opening scene because you just like you could have had a lot of build-up lead to that point mm-hmm. and instead you just floored it and hit a wall and hoped for the best that's well, just me i i don't like the way that it, the opening scene came out all right that's understandable uh I do like how I like how after the opening scene has happens and he picks up his bounty and he's got him on the ship. It is a little weird that he just doesn't freeze him in carbonite right away. But like, I guess we got it. It's it's a show. So we got to build up to it. Mm-hmm. Be like, because I also feel like it's like, oh, shit, you remember it? Like, that's one of those things, too. I think I would have preferred a little bit more backstory into the Mandalorian finding his first bounty. Like maybe take yeah. another five minutes of him tracking down the guy, finding out a little bit more information and then leading into that scene. 
then yeah, probably for me going in cold, it wouldn't be, have been that bad. Because when you look at this right, how it is, he just lands, takes some kind of speeder to the town he needs, picks the dude up, and then goes right back to his shit. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah. Uh, so I got a little, I was like, oh shit. So he gets his bounty. He shows up to the little fucking anteater dude that whistles a fucking thing. And then uh, up comes a speeder controlled by an R2-D... Not, not R2-D2, but it's an R2-D2 model droid. The I think the as, actual um, term for them is the astro, Astrotech droid. I think the, that's what they're supposed to be referring the to. The R2-D2 droid model. <laughs> An R2 droid. Just but this whatever. is this is kind of where we first get some character development with the Mandalorian because he's like, no droids. He doesn't like droids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know why he doesn't like droids, but he just doesn't like droids. So the little fucking anteater dude calls in another one, and uh, it's an old rickety speeder, and it's driven by a character that's played by Brian Posehn. And for people that know who don't know who Brian Posehn is, he is a comedian, he's an actor, he's a voice actor, and a huge metalhead. So, mm-hmm. like, if you ever watched old cartoons like Mission Hill or uh, – he's been in a bunch of shit. But he's really, really funny. He was in Brutal Legend, all that stuff. And I, it's funny because I messaged you, and I was like, oh, shit, motherfucking Brian Posehn's in this. And I went, and he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah. he gets all of, like, three minutes of airtime. With that, I think he's... a giant fucking crack and eats him. I think he specifically probably said, like, hey, I want to be in this, but I want to be a character that, like, dies three minutes in. Because that yeah. seems like a very Brian Posehn thing to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like, you guys, cause it's, they're like on a Hoth like planet. I don't think they're actually on Hoth, but it's some Hoth ice planet. And he's like, Hey, get off the ice. And he speeds away and he just gets eaten. Yeah. And there we go. But, uh, I like it. I like how, uh, right away they established that this is post empire. Yep. They're like, he's see, uh, Carl Weathers, motherfucking Carl Weathers. Tries to pay him in Imperial credits, and he's like, haven't you heard that the Empire's fallen? These credits are no good, and all that shit. And, uh, but yeah, I really like this. I like how we get a little bit of, like, basically another... I got so many, like, fucking Holocaust references from this shit. Like, with the purge of the Mandalorians and all that shit. And... Yeah. But yeah, this is like, they stay in the underbelly... Like, they stay hidden, and they only really let, like, one Mandalorian out to show that there's not a civilization of them, which in Episode 3 kind of blows that shit out the window. But, <laughs> but you know, uh, he gets he gets a job. He, he's tired of the small fry jobs. He gets a job where uh, he has to meet, like, there's no tracker. Usually with the jobs, they have, like, a tracker, transmitter. They have a puck. They have a puck. That's what it is. It tells you the information about the bounty. Well, Carl Weathers like no puck. All I know is that he this these people want to meet face to face. Every you know everybody's trying. You know, so Mandalorian goes meets them face to face. Fucking these guys open the door. Surprise, motherfucking stormtroopers. And come to find out, he's gonna take this job where the only information he knows about his bounty is that he's fifty years old. That's all he knows, and his last known where he's been at that's mm-hmm. all that the character tells him and uh but yeah i'm not gonna break down the episode one by one everyone's seen little baby everyone calls him baby yoda 
Even though well, it's there's not... there's no there's no name for the Yoda race. That's no. why they call him Baby Yoda. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen a race of Yoda besides Yoda. No, there's Yaddle. Yaddle was on the Jedi Council. Oh, was okay. In, in the comics, there's also two other uh, Yoda-like species characters, okay. albeit also aligned to the Jedi. It's there's a lot assumed with these people that they're force sensitive but they're force sensitive to the light side yeah like there's other creatures and species that are force sensitive but they're force sensitive to the dark side yeah so but you get little green gizmo from the gremlins he's adorable (laughs) the only thing that i'm worried about is like they pull some bullshit where they you know the mandalorian becomes a fucking jedi at the end i was like no this is exactly the opposite of what i wanted it should not be that that. it should not do that. that i hope it's not that uh, I would be I would be disappointed. I don't know if it's, if it's, it's not specifically IG88, but it is a bounty uh, droid like IG88 that shows up in the was yeah, it like similar. The, the first episode in and the first I, episode. I like how they have like a dynamic. They have a comedic banter with each other, mm-hmm. and he That's keeps a trying. Great fucking scene. Man. It's a great scene, and you know what? Like threw me the fuck off. I'm like, this is a great scene. This, they say, fuck this guy. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And just like, because you're like, oh man, you know, because the I they find the baby. We'll just say baby Yoda. We they find baby Yoda, and the IG also Mandalorian finds out like, oh hey, other people were on this fucking bounty. Like everybody was on this bounty. Well, I don't think he realizes it at that point. He realizes no. it later in episode two. Yeah, when he gets attacked by the bo- I don't. They're not Bosk, but they're Bosk species, like the mm-hmm. lizard guys. And he starts seeing the transmitters and all that stuff. But the IG droid's like, you know, we're supposed to terminate this subject and bring it back. And he's like, what? You know, it doesn't have to be terminated. And he goes to kill him. And the Mandalorian just shoots the fucking IG droid right in the head. Like, you're just like, hey, you know, the Mandalorian might have feelings, but he's also fucking cold-blooded sometimes. So he's still a bounty hunter. Uh, I like how how there's a voice right away, too. Yeah, it's great, man. I get a very... Did you ever watch the Dread remake from 2016? I did I think? not. Yeah, I get a very Dread vibe where Dread... In that one, it's played by Carl Urban. He never takes off his helmet. There is no no I am the law. Stav- I, I think he might, says, might say I am the law, but it's not like I am the law like Stallone does and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dread is a very good fucking movie, and I get a lot of Dread vibes from this. Granted, okay. it's PG and not R, but I'm excited. Yeah. Episode three came out yesterday on Disney Plus. Uh, if you sign up for Disney Plus, you get a first free week. It's six. That's the best fucking episode. That that ending is so fucking good. Yeah, that ending's pretty good. I also like. Have you noticed at the end how there's matte paintings, like quote unquote matte paintings of mm-hmm. scenes from the episode? Yeah, there's a lot of those where I would I would looked at them and I was like, I would have that up in my office. Like that looks really fucking cool. Hmm. Uh yeah, I'm impressed with the Mandalorian. I like it. John Favreau's doing a pretty good job. So I'm I'm hoping that come the end of the Rise of the Skywalker, we can start exploring more aspects of Star Wars. It's not necessarily magic samurai. I just want more series like this. More stuff want, like this. I don't want big movies. I like these TV shows. These yeah, these TV shows are great. I I would like to. There are some storylines that is in the Old Republic mm. with like the the Republic troopers that are really fucking good. 
Yeah. I'd like to see more of that as well. I just, I do think 30 minutes, because it's not even full 30 minutes. It's like 27 minutes because you have your open, you got your recap and you got your closing credits. Uh, I do feel like maybe they could be longer, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll keep watching it. Do we know how many episodes it's supposed to be? Do we know how many are? No. I expect like eight, to be honest, eight episodes. Being 30 minutes, I think they're going to go with more. If they were 45-minute episodes, I would say eight, eight or ten. But since they're only doing like 27-minute episodes, I I think they're going to do more. We'll see. Maybe 12? Maybe. We'll see. Maybe they're testing the waters with it. So, Right on. That's my week. There's many series where the first season is a lot shorter than all the other seasons. Okay. But no, that's it for you? Yeah, that's my week. All right. Well, that uh, I'll start off. That's, you know, since we segued into that, uh, things I would have been watching. I watched The Mandalorian. I watched a movie. Me and Hallie, my wife, watched a movie on Monday night, and it's so fucking good, and you should watch it because it's got big black titties in it, and it's great. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Yes. So there's a movie for anyone that doesn't know. It is called Dolomite Is My Name, and it is a... I'm not going to say it's a did you ever watch the movie Ed Wood that came out by Tim Burton where he it's no. a it's a romanticizing of the life of Ed Wood, who is see, he's like a Tommy Wiseau. He made like Plan 9 from Outer Space, like one of the worst movies. It's not one of the actual worst movies, but uh, it's directed by Tim Burton. Uh, Johnny Depp plays Ed Wood. It has a lot of really good cast in it. Sarah, just that's where the joke that Sarah Jessica Parker looks like a horse came from. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. There's a part where they're reviewing a review or they're looking at a review in the magazine and she goes, does my face really look like a horse? <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, they're going for it. But it's from the same creators of or the same writers of that movie. They wrote Dolomite is my name and Dolomite is my name is a faux documentary of the life of Rudy Ray Moore. For people that don't know who Rudy Ray Moore is, he came from the era of the black exploitation films. Basically, so we're talking about like Foxy Brown. Oh yeah, uh, um, Blackula, all that stuff. What's the the? the God damn it! It's right on the tip of my tongue. It's like this black crime fighter, new like martial arts had an Asian guy. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. I was about to say Black Dynamite, but that's no, Bla- not Black Dynamite. But that's right up the the yeah. avenue of it. But uh, this is so Rudy Ray Moore is played by Eddie Murphy, undercover brother. There you go. That is yeah, but that came out in like early 2000s <laughs> okay then i don't know because that was eddie but. griffin but okay, uh whatever. this movie is great it takes place in like the 70s and it takes it follows rudy ray moore who is played by eddie murphy who is actually giving a fucking shit like this mm-hmm. is the first role i've seen eddie murphy care about in a long time and he's great uh it's got let's see did you ever watch uh kimmy schmidt that netflix show no uh, it's got the black guy from that. He's in it. It's got uh, you know the uh, black guy from The Office, and he was in yes. This Is the End. He's in it. It's got Mike Epps in it. It's got Childish Gambino's in it at one point. You got Chris Rock in it at one point. You've got a character that I want to say it's not Monique, but it's very she's very Monique esque, where she's a larger black lady. She's funny and all that shit too. Okay, uh, but basically it's Rudy Ray Moore, and he's like. It goes in sections where he starts off. He's working in a he's working in a record store. He's assistant manager of a record store, and he's like doing comedy at nightclubs. But he's not good at it. Like he's terrible at it. 
His jokes are terrible and all that stuff. Well, he starts listening to the jokes that hobos make around him, and they're doing like super dirty, vulgar, rhyming jokes and all that shit. So basically, he sort of steals their shit and gets fucking huge. Like, gets huge. He records an album, a vinyl album, in his apartment. Like, he does the album and has, like, an audience there and all that shit, too. They do an audio recording and all that stuff. And he goes around and... Because back... I mean, back then, he wasn't flying or anything like that. He was driving around to gigs, doing his stand-ups and all that stuff. He gets super famous, super big in that, like, amongst that crowd. And he's like, fuck it, I want to make a movie! So, because he, he goes... They, it's funny because him, Mike Epps, uh, the character from uh, Kimmy Schmidt, and... Uh, I think it's Craig T. Ferguson is his name. Uh, they all go to a movie. Like they, they're like, let's go watch a movie. And they're going in like a white movie theater. And they're going to see a white comedy movie. And they go and watch it. They're like, this shit ain't funny. This shit's garbage. So that's where he wants to make My Name is Dolomite. And this movie is just so fucking funny. The entire time, me and my wife were laughing the whole time. It's like a two-hour movie. But it was so good. And Rudy Ray Moore is a real per- was a real person. He passed away in 2008. And uh, from Fort Smith, Arkansas, <laughs> which is like four hours away from me. Did he really steal the jokes off of hobos? I, I don't know about that. I didn't look into it that much, but he possibly. I don't know. We'll see. But he did make that he made seven movies with his crew. Uh, Dolomite is my name, or my so Dolomite is my name is the name of the faux documentary, but the actual movie is called My Name Is Dolomite, and that movie made tons of money. Uh, he made a movie called Human Tornado. He made a movie called Petey Wheatstraw, the 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 Devil's Son-in-Law. Like they made a bunch of. What fu- what's great is Rudy Ray Moore was that person that just like everyone always told him no, and he said fuck that, I'm doing it. Same with his movies. No one no one wanted to help him make this movie. And then people started helping him. No one wanted to buy it. And then they they his records, his comedy records, no one wanted to sell them or distribute them. So he just made them and then started selling them out of the back of his like the trunk of his car. And got successful. This movie is great, dude. You need to watch this. Like, I want this to come out on a Blu-ray so I can physically have this movie. Okay. It is so good. Uh, but yeah, Eddie Murphy, like I said, looks like he's giving a shit the entire time. There's funny parts where uh, at one point they're filming the movie and they have to get like, they don't know how to film a movie. So they get some uh, the Michael Keegan Peel. He's in it as like the writer that wrote Dolomite with uh, Rudy Ray Moore. And he brings in some film kids that are like white guys. And Craig T. Ferguson's character is like, he goes, why, why are all these white boys in here? And Mike Epps is like, he goes, dude, we don't know how to fucking make a movie. Oh, no, it wasn't Mike Epps. It was the character from Kimmy Schmidt. He's like, we don't know how to make no fucking movie. They know how to do shit. He's like, I don't want to take no orders from no white boys. So he's like, he goes, you ain't got to take no orders. You're the caretaker, so just get fucking feed them. <laughs> that was it. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. You should watch it. It's a really good movie. It's on Netflix. Anybody listening should I'm, totally I'm watch looking it. at these film color covers of Dolomite. They're great. There's Bro. there's one line, like his famous line, he's in a movie, I think it's in My Name is Dolomite, where Rudy Ray Moore goes, bitch, are you for real? And, because he's not good, he's not a good actor, 
His comedy stand-up wasn't good. It was just vulgar and funny. Like, there are parts where he tries to do kung fu. And it don't go well. Wesley Snipes is in this movie. Oh, my fucking God. Wesley Snipes plays the director of the movie. This movie is good, dude. I might actually go watch this movie again tonight after this recording. Because it's so good. It's so funny. She's the, the cover to the monkey hustle. Petey Wheatstraw. <laughs> Petey, Petey Wheatstraw. <laughs> That's the song. Dude, Petey Wheatstraw is so fucking funny. Uh, but these movies are great. The tagline, his motto is uh, Dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. <laughs> So, yeah, you should watch this movie. And then after you watch this movie, I don't know how well those older actual movies hold up, but everyone should go watch Rudy Ray Moore movies. Rudy Ray Moore is fucking great. Uh, Besides that, uh, I've been watching. uh, So I've always been aware of who Giant Bomb are. They've always been around, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've never really sat down and watched any of their stuff. Well, I sat down and watched the first episode of their Mario Party Party playthroughs. And I've watched the first one because the first one I think is on YouTube in its entirety. Uh, The other ones are just like a best of clips and stuff like that. Well, I said, fuck that. Bigger. Bigger. (laughs) Bigger. That's the next episode. I'm on episode six, which is Mario Party Party six. But yeah. I've just been watching. I went to Giant Bomb. I was like, I need to watch these in their entirety. And the first one's the shortest one, which is like two hours and 58 minutes. And then they progress. The one I'm watching right now is four hours and 45 minutes. That's how long. It's because they play 50 turns of Mario Party. Jesus. On every single one of them. It's unnecessary. It's, dude, they're great. And they're so fucking funny because Jeff Gersman fucking hates these games so much like he'll just be sitting there he's just like yeah sure that's you know it's it's fair mario party yeah let's do it mario party uh yeah i i love this shit so much i went to giant bomb and signed up for their premium so i could watch their premium shit their premium is only five bucks or i think right now it's 35 dollars for a year and you get access to all their shit but like they have shit like, I mean, that first Mario Party, I think, was from 2013 or 2014. I don't even think they've done Super Mario Party yet. If they have, it's only been a quick look. So, but yeah, you should go check those out because they're fucking hilarious. It is Jeff Gersman. I don't know the other. I only I know Jeff Gersman, Dan Riker, uh, Drew and Brad. I don't know Drew and Brad's last names, but Drew is the blinking white guy uh, meme guy. Okay. Yeah. I didn't I, know that. I was watching it and I I was messaging Scotty. I said, Scotty, this guy looks like the white uh, the white guy blinking meme. He goes, yeah, that's because it's him. And I was like, all right then. <laughs> so, but yeah, shout outs to Scotty Moe for <laughs> me spending $5 for Giant Bomb. But uh, watching the Giant Bomb stuff makes me wish we all live so close, so much closer together. It'd be so much easier dude. just to come into a studio and be like, all right, let's go record this gameplay or let's go in here and record the podcast and all that shit, man. It'd be so much easier, dude. I thought I asked my wife the other day. I was like, you like Virginia. You live in Virginia, right? Do you mind disclosing yes, that? I live, in, I live in Virginia. I live in northern Virginia. And I, I said, do you, I was like, would you ever want to visit Virginia? And she goes, which one? I was like, I don't know. They're both like fucking historic, right? She goes, yeah, 
pretty much historic. I would love to go to see them. I was like, I'm going to talk to Chris. So <laughs> we, okay. we might be coming up for a vacation sometime soon. So we'll see. Right on. Uh, but yeah, Giant Bomb shit's really good. Uh, I was on the last week's episode of the Megavision Sideshow. Uh, we, if you haven't checked it out, you should go check it out because this episode is out now. Uh, we reviewed the last Starfighter. It okay, was, so tell me how what you thought of this movie because I always thought that this movie was really good. It was really what you cut out for a second. I always thought that this movie was really good. Uh, it's not bad. I'm gonna say uh, at first I was like, oh shit, this is actually like this. These graphics are really bad and all that, but then like I shut the fuck up for a second and like actually tried to transport my mind back to like 1983, mm-hmm. which is around the same time Tron came out. And I was looking at this, I was like, this is fucking good. The storyline's really good. Like, granted, some of it's dated, like with the big holographic head in the middle of the space base, but it's not bad. Holds up. I'm really surprised. If you want to know our full thoughts on it, you should go check out Megavision Sideshow Episode 17, I believe is what it is. Uh, Cool. But yeah, that movie should get more credit than it actually does get it. That movie's pretty good. I like that movie. Uh, We've both been playing a video game. Haven't we? It, it's it's Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> you fucking idiot! Yeah, <laughs> that's a clip. <laughs> uh, we both picked up Pokemon Sword, which I, if I'd have known you were getting Sword, I would have gotten Shield. Just, I mean, I own both. It doesn't matter. Of course, you fucking do. So, well, that's fine. It's weird with me because my wife doesn't play video games. So, whenever you buy a game, usually you have to buy like. If there's two of it, you have to buy both of them because your wife will play the other one. So, well, I just make her play the other one. <laughs> I, 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 I buy it because I need to have everything complete. Because you're a freak. So if, like if, yeah, like if they actually made the Legend of Zelda Courage or whatever, because you had Oracles of Seasons and Ages. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. they actually made the third one, I'd be getting the third one because I need it. <laughs> I, I, I need it. <laughs> I need it. I'm so surprised you don't have like a Legend of Zelda tattoo or something like that. You know, I was scared, not me being scared, but I was really more or less scared into not getting one because the U.S. Marine Corps has such an aversion to tattoos. Not the Marines themselves, but the brass on top because they make it so difficult for you to get a tattoo and stay in. And during that time period, I thought I was going to be a lifer. Oh, uh, okay. So could you, so like, is that fear still with you now? No, it's not. Now it's money. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, I like it. Pokemon Sword's not bad. I just got I to, haven't gotten far. I just got to... So I beat all the gym leaders, and then you go to this one town, and you have to do, like... The semifinals, it's like a pre-Elite Four before the Elite Four where you have to fight Marnie. Have you met Marnie yet? No, but what you're describing is really, really cool. Yeah, that's like, what it They is. make it sound like more of a sport or more like what you see in the anime than what the games have previously Basically, because like everyone kind of gets through the first couple badges, like the first couple gyms, and then the third gym and higher up, that's when like a lot of the challengers start dropping off. And basically, it comes down to you, your rival, Hop, and then Marnie. And we got to basically see who the best is the best. So it's like the prelims before the Elite Four. That's where I'm at right now. 
That's cool. I like yeah. that. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Uh, I'm liking. I like. I got the uh, the Pokemon. It's called Dragapult, which is uh, it's the Ghost Dragon Pokemon. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be like their pseudo legendary, right? Dude, this thing's speed and attack are ridiculous. I think it's base speed once it's fully evolved and like at level 100, and you're not factoring in any of the uh, uh, not species, but the uh, what do you call them? Like adamant or quick and all that stuff is like 145 which is that's pretty fast that's pretty fucking fast and its attack is its attack is like 125 that's pretty good but it's a glass cannon okay so if it gets hit like once it takes a lot of damage well i mean when you play competitive pokemon everything is one or two hit ko yeah because you're playing against types it does have a really cool move called uh dragon turret or dragon launch or something like that where mm-hmm. because it has in its head in its horns is what the description says it has two of the first evolution form because, yeah and he shoots them out and the, the okay. whole the whole thing is the first evolution form is super super weak and I, I was reading the, lo- the lore of this Pokemon, and the whole reason that it even evolves is because it, like, kind of chills and hangs out with its evolved form. Mm-hmm. And then that version stays with it until it evolves, and then the cycle just kind of keeps repeating until it evolves into the final form. This Pokemon is good, though. Ghost Dragon types are really good typing, and uh, it has a really good move set. Like, I, it, ha- it learns U-Turn, which is a really good bug move. Mm-hmm. And since it's a glass cannon and it goes so fast, it could go in, hit, and then bounce out, even if it's like a bad typing or something like that. Yeah, you wouldn't choice uh, that guy. No, you don't want to char- choice that guy at, at all. Uh, maybe life orb him, but I don't know. But yeah, it is pretty good. Uh, the starters, I went with Grookey. I'm hashtag Team Grookey. And Rilla Bloom or Rilla Broom, I think that's what it is. He's pretty cool. I like him. He's got high attack. I went. I, I just went with big fat boys. Big boys do big attacks. I got a Pangoro. I've always fucking loved Pangoro. I love Pangoro. You get Pan Panchamps really super. Like the minute you walk into the wild area, you could go and catch a Panchamp. That's my goal. Yeah, because I've got all three starters and that's it just remember like I restarted the game three times just to get the starters and then just remember with Pacham, you have to get it to a certain level and it has to be in a part in your party with another dark with t- another dark type yeah and then it'll evolve okay but yeah he's pretty good he saved my ass through a lot of stuff uh it's got my boy gavantula in it i love that fucking pokemon that's the electric bug yeah yeah, yeah. i love that dude uh I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm just trying to go through the game, and then if I wanted to like start getting, you know, breeding Pokemon and all that shit, do that. The wild area is interesting. Uh, you can only catch certain Pokemon based on certain times of day and weather. Mm-hmm. So a really easy way to like, if you need to get like a Dreepy, a Dreepy only shows up on Lake Outrage during like cloudy or light rain. You can just go into your Switch and fucking change your clock or change your day, and it'll change the weather right then and there. How? Because I see a lot of Pokemon that I want coming from the Lake of Outrage. Mm. How far into the game is that? That's Zen game. It's after Gym Eight. Okay, yeah. So End Game. Well, shit. well, this this game also has where you can't even catch Pokemon at a certain level unless you have a certain badge. Yeah. So like, you can't catch level fifty five Pokemon. Like, if you want. 
if you want to catch Pokemon that are over level 55, you have to get all eight badges. Wow. Yeah, if you want to catch a level 35 Pokemon, you have to have a certain, like, badge number four or badge number five, something like that. That's weird. It just won't let you even throw the Pokeball if the Pokemon is over the level. Because, like, I ran into a wild Umbreon. And I was like, cool, I'm going to catch that. And it was like, sorry, bro, you can't catch it. And I was like, ah, fuck. Was that the only Umbreon you found since then? Yeah. But I found a fuck ton of Eevees. So. I guess that's okay. But no, the game's fun. I'm excited to see it. The game has rekindled my love for Soul Silver, which is my probably my favorite Pokemon game. So much mm-hmm. that I've, you know, I found an emulator because I own the game. Uh, played it. I started playing it. I was like, man, I really just want to play this on the cartridge. So I went and pulled up the cartridge that you gave me, and I was like, I'm, I was like, I need to reset this game. And I looked, I was like, oh shit, this game has like 68 hours on it. Let me check it out. And I was like, oh shit, there's like 10 fucking shinies in this game. So I was like, I guess I'm gonna hold off. I need to trade these over to another game. And then I was like, ah oh, shit, the only game that I have that's closest to it is Alpha Sapphire. Ooh. And the only way to trade from Soul Silver is to have to trade Pokemon from Soul Silver up to like black, white black one or or I'm sorry black two or black or white two and then trade them from that to alpha sapphire x y all that shit uh Ugh. yeah so I was actually looking into it because I was like man I just want to replay the game but I don't want to lose these Pokemon so I was like let me you know and I was like I kind of want to pick up Pokemon Platinum because I never got to play it and I heard it was a really good game and all that shit that motherfucker's like 58 dollars complete that game, hey, Pokemon yep. games, Pokemon games are Pokemon not. Pokemon games fucking, retain their value. They're not cheap. They're not cheap at and all. The thing that you got to worry about is that because they're so valuable and because essentially they're mass produced. The reason why they're so expensive is largely just due to supply and demand. Yeah, I went. There on, is a large demand for it, even though they're fucking everywhere. I went to eBay and I was like, "Oh, this looks pretty cool. Like these prices are really good." And then I was like, "Wait a minute, these are fucking repro carts." So. <laughs> Yeah, because all the ones labeled as authentic were around the fifty five, the fifty to sixty five dollar range, and all the ones that weren't authentic were like ten dollars for the cartridge itself, or like thirty five for complete. So yeah, I don't know. I'll just see. But yeah, Pokemon Soul Silver is so good. That emulator, that emulator that I'm using is pretty nice. And uh, was that beer not good? <laughs> you are making not a good face. <laughs> It's fine. All right. Uh, but let's see what else. I think that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. That's all I got for my week. Right on. So, but yeah, I'll just, I'm going to be playing some more Pokemons. That's, there were days this week when I was working and I'm just like, I wish I could fucking be playing Pokemon right now. <laughs> oh, I also want to say I started taking melatonin to go to sleep with. How's that go? That shit knocks me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, it does. So the thing is, I'm a bill. Again, kids, don't do what I do. But I'm a big believer that NyQuil is one of the best fucking drugs ever produced. Because uh, I'll just take that shit. Like, I'm like, I need to sleep better. And I just take a shot of it. But the problem is, sometimes you don't know if you're going to wake up from that shit. Like, if exactly. you've got to wake up at a certain time, you're going to wake up with like, you either wake up almost on time with drool all over your face but melatonin basically just lets me sleep deep. Gets me that I mm-hmm. like the first night I took it I woke up I was like holy fucking shit. I felt like I slept all night 
Because like there's some nights where you feel like you slept all night, but you're tossing and turning or you're waking up and you go right back to sleep, especially people like us that I mean, I've not been diagnosed with sleep apnea, but I probably should, especially when I was bigger. You just wake up throughout the night, but you don't know that you are. and It's interrupting your sleep. Mm-hmm. And man, I just felt so good. I took one the first night and my wife was like, you know, you could take like five grams or five however you want, like up to a day. Like you could take up to five like milligrams. I think one little tablet's like one milligram or something like that. And I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. So I took two the next night. Well, no. So she's trying to kill you. I took one the first night and then I took one the next night and I was like, oh, shit, like it didn't work as well. I don't know what happened. So the next night I took two and I was like, OK, I think my number's two. Two's working pretty well. But I, okay. but I also bought a bunch of NyQuil, too, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm also cheap as shit. I buy Equate. I don't even buy the NyQuil brand. Because I bought the Z-Quil. The z is not the same. What's Z-Quil? z is, like, just the sleeping agent. It's without, like, the medicine and shit like that. So why don't you just use that? It doesn't work. It doesn't work on me. I need that shit. I need that shit that makes it, like, thick. I need that thickness. <laughs> Because the okay. the Z-Quil is just like water. like It looks like purple water. It's okay. like super, super thin, but no. But yeah, kids, don't do what I do. <laughs> Lose weight. Be a reasonable weight you know, weight size. Go to bed at a good time. Don't drink as much mm-hmm. caffeine as I do and all that shit. All right, man. Let's hit this news, even though it's been a slow motherfucking week. I, I was really searching for shit. You man. were stretching for some shit, man. Uh... Fuck it. Uh, PS5 controller patent has come out. Speaking of thick. Rough draft. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of thick. This is a thick boy. Uh, If you you check out Video Game Chronicle, they got an article out where they show the uh, the patent. It's it's like nearly a carbon copy of the PS4 controller. It still has got the touchpad in the center. Um, The design is largely the same. It looks like it doesn't have the little indentation in the center of its D-pad, but uh, it kind uh this this like dotted line outline has kind of one, mm-hmm. like it has dotted line. Uh, I I I I like the PlayStation Four controller. I I think it's a good controller. Yeah, I think it's a good controller. A lot of people complain about the battery life, and that's warranted. I I think that the battery life in PS Four controllers are shit compared to Xbox One. Xbox One controller. Well, I, After getting a P- Xbox One and playing with the controller, that controller is super fucking nice. The my only issue with the Xbox One controller, why I prefer PS4 controllers, is the left and right bumpers. I don't like just that static touch because if I'm trying to hold down the button, my fingers will just like, oh, I don't need to hold it down anymore, and it'll just click off. Which is something that I'm running into with the uh, Fallen Order because. One of the shoulder buttons is to guard, and if I don't hold up my guard, I die. Oh, shoulder button. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Not the triggers, the shoulder buttons. The yeah. triggers are great. So I, I like having that extra little... You almost have to you know, play it meat. like this with, like, three fingers, which is fucking weird. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I like the PS4 controller. I like it how but it's... It, there's, it's just like they took... You know how you take, like, an image in Photoshop or something like that, and you just stretch mm-hmm. it from top? Top to bottom, that's kind of yeah, what this is. Just, yeah, just a little bit thicker. There is two major change or three major changes to it. Uh, first off, the trigger buttons have that. Uh, it's got that like 
the pressure pull. So depending on how far you pull down on the actual trigger mm. um, will dictate whether or not the game does a specific action. So if you pull down a little bit, it'll only uh, do something. So pressure-sensitive you know triggers. Mean? Yeah. Okay. It also has USB-C. Yes! Which is <laughs> finally. Um, and also, they got rid of the light bar on those controllers. Great. I don't fucking care. <laughs> what game used the light bar? Maybe I'm a, just trying some early game. Maybe I don't know. It's like the like, gy- like the six six gyro shit that was in the PlayStation Three. I'm just trying to think. I, I'm pretty sure there was one game where the light bar mattered. The light bar just signified. I don't, I don't think it was what player you were. <laughs> I don't think it was Killzone Shadow, Shadowfall because they were really big on the touchpad. I don't know. I, don't know. I know there was something. Whatever. I'm fine. But they with got it. rid of that shit. No one cared. Like, whatever. But that's that's about it. It's uh, I'm liking. It looks thick. I'm liking the. <laughs> uh, I refuse to call this PlayStation Five. I will be called be calling it the PlayStation V from now on. That's just how it is. That's how it's gonna why? be. Why? Because why? Why are you? Why are you Scrub versus v? v? Because the V stands for vetting. No, I don't care. You, I forgot you had a reasoning behind it. Fuck you. <laughs> I want to be different. I'm 31 and okay. I don't have anything going on in my life. <laughs> you, you like you're married, have your own house, yeah. have a, a, a well-paying job, and you say you have nothing going on. Yeah, it's boring. Okay, it's boring. I have to be edgy a little bit. Yeah, we got to be edgy. Uh, next one we got. Uh, so Capcom is allegedly making a Resident Evil Three remake. Uh, coming off the co- not the coattails, but coming off the hot hotness that Resident Evil Two remake was. Uh, also, it's has this been officially like said, or is it still just rumors? No, it's rumors, but it's it's uh, there's some weight behind these rumors. That's good. I mean, I, I saw it coming. Yeah, they remade Resident Evil One. That released to uh, near clitor- critical acclaim. You say they you almost said clitoris. Resident Evil 2. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go. It's the same word, clitoral acclaim. <laughs> oh, we got a, we got the podcast title, <laughs> clitoral acclaim. Oh, uh, you're not gonna you're can not, I, you can't, I, you can't, can I put that on iTunes? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try to put it on iTunes. It's not even a real word. Cli- no, clitoral. That's why I think I could get away with it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, Resident Evil 2, we kind of had like that whole suspense of Mr. X following you. So I could see the same thing with uh, I didn't play Resident Evil 3 Nemesis as a child. But that's one of the things you had to worry about, too, was Nemesis is constantly chasing you, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got that aspect in it. Uh, Capcom did like Resident Evil 2 remake did so well, like so well. And the game's great. People love it. They even said, too, they like even when Resident Evil 2 was coming out, they said, oh, yeah, we'll do Resident Evil 3 as long as people like the Resident Evil 2 one and if it sells well. so And now it's up for Game of the Year, yeah. which will unfortunately lose to uh, Death Stranding. I've always... A game that has a 76 Metacritic score. I've always loved the Nemesis character, too. He looks so cool. Like... Growing up of all the Resident Evil games I wanted to play, I always want to play Nemesis because of the tyrant that follows you. Yeah. 
Like, whenever I think of Resident Evil, like I think of, of course, like regular zombies and stuff like that. Uh, I think of the liquors and then Nemesis. Like, those, like, if someone was like, name someone that's not a human, like a playable, like, you know, Leon or something like that, I'd be like, Nemesis, that's the first one I think of. That beer must be real bad. I don't like IPAs, and I don't know Ooh, why I picked it. it. IPAs taste like Pine Sol. They taste like Pine Sol, bro. Yep. You got to go with lagers. Or stout. You know what? That's not true because I've had some really good IPAs that don't taste like that. I've had some really like, bad pine. Someone's like, "Ooh, this is good. You should get it." And I get it. They're like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "This is fucking pine saw." And they're like, "You don't like it?" I'm like, "No." So, no. Maybe maybe I'm the pussy because I like amber ales or I like the. I mean, I like the, the yingling and shit too. That's an amber ale. Amber ale. Yeah, so. but like amber ales get a bad rap because they're closer to like Budweiser. Or yeah, like a light beer or, or something. Modelo. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Whatever. One, hold on one second. I said that he lives in uh, northern western or no, northern Virginia. So if we ever want to go up there, I don't know. See some civil war sites. He said there's a bunch of civil war sites and shit up there. So. Oh yeah, she's been. I forgot. She went to D.C. when she was younger. Cool. I'm just trying to get an excuse so I can go to Virginia and not get yelled at. She said, hmm. <laughs> mm. She's my Marge Simpson. <laughs> mm. she, I called her Marge when we like first got married, and she, she like, <laughs> well, I call her. Did she hit you with a pan? No. No. So, did you ever watch any of the Pee Wee's Playhouse stuff or like the movies, Pee Wee's Adventures, and all that stuff? I'm I'm familiar with it. There's yeah. a character called Large Marge, and uh, I called her Large Marge. She doesn't like that. <laughs> She's. How did you not get punched in the face? I get I don't get physically abused, just mentally abused, so. Oh no, she she uh she gives you the cold shoulder. I told you she can do cold shoulder for like three days. So Yep. Would you like me to talk about you before or after you leave the room? <laughs> I love you. No. <laughs> all right, anyway. You better keep all that in the podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna move it to the beginning. <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, RE3 remake. I'm like I said, it's gonna be successful if it, when it comes, does come out. I don't think it's gonna come out. Didn't we get an announcement at like E3 last year for Resident Evil Two, and then Resident Evil Two came out in March? I think so. I don't. I no. Resident Evil Two came out in January. Was it January? January or February? So it was either an earlier. It's one of the two. Uh, because Capcom had a really strong opening year. Yeah, because they had Monster Hunter in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no monster, whatever. But yeah, the uh, it'll do well. I don't think we're gonna get an early 2020 release because they haven't even announced it yet. Well, they're saying that it will reportedly release in 2020, and it's not just Kotaku reporting; it's also Eurogamer. So I think it would be closer to not third, early. I think third quarter, maybe second or third. Yeah. I'm just surprised it's so close. I would have expected it in 2021, but whatever. We might. I mean, we might even see a reveal at the Game Awards. We'll see. <laughs> we don't fucking know. So Actually, at the Game Awards, it's rumor, rumored that Elven Ring. Oh, yeah. The George R.R. Martin. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for that. I'd, I I want to see that. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to grab my second pair of pants when I'm watching that one. <laughs> yes. Because I will come in the first. <laughs> oh, you're going to come in my pants? <laughs> yes. Wow. That's impressive. 
Oh man. All right. Uh, I'll let you take the next one because I didn't really I didn't watch this one. So <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is proof that I was really searching for news. Um, <laughs> I asked if we wanted to keep this one out. I'm I'm fuck it, man. Fuck it. Uh, a couple days, weeks ago, I don't know how long. I'm padding this. Um, the developers of the Outer World sat down and reacted to the uh, 12 minute speed run of their game. <laughs> this is like a 20, 30, 100 hour game. It's a, it's a really fucking long game. Yeah, I think and you can main story dude, like 20, 25 hours. Yeah, it's it's there's some meat in this game. 12 minutes? <laughs> yeah, they beat it in 12 minutes. So the, what the secret is is that you make your character extremely stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then you just blow, you exploit some uh, positions so that you can get into areas that you're not supposed to access. Mm-hmm. Um, cancel some fights by leaving the area and coming back in. Uh, it's it's really fascinating how he does it. I don't even know how he gets to an area called uh, Byzantium mm-hmm. so fucking fast or early in the game. Oh, I remember. So there comes this one point where you have to do this chain of missions for this old na- lady named Gladys. And it once you give her 10,000 credits, she'll give you the the key or the location key to Byzantium. Okay. Well, you could just go to her vault and steal it. Okay. Without getting caught. So that's that's what this dude does. He just goes in there, steals it, and then runs the fuck out. That's crazy. And then he goes... This game's goes, not even been out like, a month. Straight to, no, well, maybe a month. I would say maybe within the last two months. Speedrunners are think insane. That, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. But what the the way that you do this is that you just speed run through all this bullshit, exploit some certain character interactions and jumping over fences by the environment and whatever. Mm. And then when you get to the hope, because spoiler alert, you go to the fucking hope, you can... What you're supposed to do is have Ada, or if you're really smart, you can direct it through hyperspace right outside of either Tartarus, which is the prison planet, or right outside Terra 2, which is where you first land, or the first planet that you explore. Okay. But if you're really fucking dumb, and you don't let Ada guide it, you can throw it right into the fucking sun, and then everyone dies. Yeah, and that's the end of the game, and the developers were just like, "This is amazing." <laughs> I mean, I'm really upset that he's missing out on all this fucking story. But he but did. This it. is amazing. But he did it, and like the way that they made it sound like is that this guy played the game for the first time, just picked it up, oh no, and just sped run through the. No, this guy has played this game. He probably played it from cradle to grave, putting in at least 25 hours, and then just put in. Hundreds of hours of trying to break it, this trying to break it and trying to get down to that that sweet twelve thirty six, dude. So um, that's awesome. It's pretty dope, and I just added five minutes to our fucking segment. So there you uh, go. go ahead. No, you with our with our Pokemon. well, well. Speaking of uh, speed runs, you should like speed runs are awesome. Uh, I believe Mitch Flower Power he just recently retook the Super Mario three. Uh, uh, Hundred percent record. He got a like a oh wow. He got a one ten oh three. 
So now, okay. now he's on the 69-minute run, which is a 109. They're trying to get sub one, uh, 110. Like, they're trying to get under 110. And I okay. really think in that 110-03, there's one port, part where he accidentally paused. Like, his his thumb just slipped. And it hit the pause button, unpaused. And I think that 03, that would have been it. Like, he would have been sub 110. Like, he still broke the record by, like, 50 set, Like, not 50 seconds, but, like, you know, really, really close. But it was like, ah, oh, he would have had the sub one nine, uh, 109. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm back on watching him again. Whenever he, like, gets records, he kind of, like, goes off. and does, He did, like, Kaizo stuff for a while or and all that. And, mm-hmm. like, Pooh Bear's Challenge and all that. But I like it when he, he relaxes for a bit. Yeah, I like it when he comes back. He came back, and I just like chilling and watching his streams because I'll wait for the summoning salt. Yeah, there you go. So, but yeah, let's go. Let's hit the Pokemans. So, uh, Pokemon sales for Sword and Shield at first look very, very impressive. But once you start getting into it, it's not as impressive as you might think. So, in the beginning, uh, in the first three days of Pokemon Sword and Shield, it sold 1.35 million copies. In the first three days, and that is counting physical copies, uh, download cards, and the... Does not include digital sales. No, it does not include digital sales. It does not include digital sales. Uh, but if we take that number... And that's only in Japan. This is Yes, I, only in Japan. But if we take this number and compare it to, let's say, I think it was... Let's see, Sword and Shield numbers down. Okay, so for Sun and Moon... In Japan, the numbers were 1.9 million copies in the first three days. And so that's 28% lower than its previous main title game. Uh, I'm just I'm throwing out the numbers first, and then we're going to talk about it after that. Uh, X and Y sold 2.1 million uh, units on its opening week, and that was a percentage down, or Sword and Shield is down 39% from that. Uh, some factors that come into play here... For the DS games to have higher numbers would be, first of all, X and Y were the first 3D Pokemon games of the main title. Yes. That's one of the reasons. Uh, another reason would be that there are more, there are, when these games came out, there were more 3DSs in circulation than the number of Switches that are in circulation right now by about 10 million. Yes. Also, I want to say that, what is it, the, uh, they called it the Brexit, or not Brexit, but Dexit, which was the whole game freak fiasco. I feel like that had something to do with it, too. But it's regardless. It's fucking Pokemon. It's like, mm-hmm. and everyone says, like, the, uh, the numbers, the, all these numbers I just cited off were before digital sales. And yes, there were digital sales back in the 3DS era, but I would not say that those digital sales were as big as the digital sales are on the Switch now. But I don't have the numbers for those digital sales. Yeah, they don't really share digital sales that much. However, I do want to th- throw this one in there. I'm sending this to you, to you directly. Okay. This is saying that this Sword and Shield is the most successful launch that they've had for any Pokemon game to date. As of the 21st, which is two days ago. And according to Nintendo of America... The game has sold more than 6 million copies worldwide during its opening weekend, including more than 2 million units sold in the U.S. Now, I don't know if that's including digital. Right. It doesn't sound like it because they don't usually share those numbers. But judging by what this is saying and the numbers that they're providing, 
this could be the best selling game that they've had. I mean, yeah, it beats. Uh, it definitely beats. <laughs> I think Smash Bros only made what one point two million in the first few days. So it beats yeah. Smash Bros. Uh, but yeah, well, the thing is, yes, the numbers are high now, but I want to see how many people keep playing the game. Like, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I think that what a lot of people are doing is that there is a group of people that are holding back because of Dexit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, not only has this sold the six million some odd, but it's also moving a lot of uh, switch lights. Yeah. And merchandise. And merchandise. So I'll tell you right now, I, don't, I want a plushie of all three of these starters. <laughs> I I don't know. There There's a lot of different stories and rhetoric being thrown around, you know, between taking the Pokemon out and having the same frame data as the 3DS games. There's parts where it just lagged, like my FPS dropped. Like yeah. Like, I, I don't know who to believe, to be honest. Like... Inside Gaming did a, a relatively good yeah, video they did. on why they say that the the Pokemon series has been coming down over time. And a lot of it does come down to over time. There has been less people that have been caring about the Pokemon series. But then when you see shit like this, 6 million copies is still 6 million copies. That's really good. That's, that's, really, that's really good. good. I mean, what was this in the UK? The top like five games were Pokemon Sword. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, uh, Pokemon Shield, Call of Duty, FIFA. I mean, you got both of your Pokemon games in the top three. And then in number seven, Pokemon Sword and Shield Dual Edition. Yeah, so it's crazy. So Pokemon sells, man. How, I, I got to throw something out. How is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe still in the top ten? It's a good game. That was a launch title. It's, it's a good game. It's a good game. It's, yeah. It's a good game. That's the real winner. That's the real winner. That's the real winner right there. But yeah, uh, it just goes to show you, even with all the controversy, that Pokemon fucking sells, and Pokemon, I believe, will continue to sell. Yep. So, and speaking of Pokemon and the Brex or the Dexit fiasco, uh, we also have a s- article here. It's Pokemon Sword and Shield hackers start restoring cut Pokedex monsters. So we have an article here from Polygon that talks about a hacker by the name of at Srizum. It's spelled S R I. Go ahead. I want to say it's more like Shryas M. It's spelled S. That is a capital M. Okay. It's S R I R E S capital M. And they had an interview with him talking about how he was able to pull in the Amastar model from Pokemon Let's, or I'm sorry, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And he pulled it into the engine for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, he said it's very base, like it's literally just a cover. Like he, it has no moves like attached to it or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think he took what, what was it, a yamper that was in his party and was able to mask it yep. and all that stuff. And he said, uh, it, it, it takes a lot of work. There is a lot of work that goes into it, but it is possible. So it just goes to show you that it is possible to do this. So why didn't Game Freak, if, if one hacker guy can do this much, imagine what a whole fucking team could do. Yeah. So it, you know, I didn't really, and I still don't, I don't really care too much about not having all the Pokemon in there, but if you're just using 3DS models, yeah, 
you know, how hard is it to just put him in? Fucking do I'm it. hoping that they that they release some sort of DLC that will allow that. Well, what's it, what's interesting is place. that there are models that hackers and data miners have been finding that there are models in the game for some of these Pokemon that maybe are coming out in DLCs or special events and stuff like that. Like we look at this one and we have the what is it Lunala? It's the one of the legendaries from Sun and Moon. Just in mm-hmm. in it, it's right there. Like there it is. Yep. So. I don't know. We'll see. I hope I, I'm enjoying the game. Like I said, it. I am very happy that it has rekindled my love for the older Pokemon game because I'm going back and playing my favorite one, which is Soul Silver. And uh, yeah, Pokemon's fun, man. Pokemon's a good time killer. Like I like that it's on a mobile system. Like I, I like that they keep it on a mobile system where I can just go and play it anywhere. I don't have to like sit in front of my TV to play Pokemon like I would with like Dark Souls or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's all I got for the news, man. It was that's it. Slow news week. So let's see. We got some questions, don't we? And I believe we I gotta start getting better. You do? I gotta start getting better at putting that announcement out. So <laughs> I always forget until like an hour before recording. And guess who they're from? <laughs> I mean Scott who else? Scotty is a fucking genius of just like throwing shit out. He's also a gem because he's the only one that consistently gives us fucking five questions. questions but whatever. <laughs> All right, let's go. What's the first one? Uh, best Lego set. Uh, I had this one Lego. It wasn't like a theme set as a kid, but it was just like a bunch of Legos. And it had this like thing that was like, it looked like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was a thing that you would drag across across the floor and it had a gear in it that had like a, a bunch of flaps in its mouth. It was like a parrot, but it, its mouth mm-hmm. faced the ground. And if you rolled over your Legos, it pushed the Legos into its like carrying system. So you could just like, instead of having to pick up all of your loose Legos, you could just roll over it and it would pick up all your Legos. That's only like the kind of set that I've had. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get a whole, I like I'll, the Jurassic Park sets are cool. Are you looking it up right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking up the the one that I had. Hold on. So Star Wars inspired. Of course. Because pretty much everything that I had was Star Wars. But this is this is really just nostalgia talking. Um my parents got me when I was ten, eleven. I don't know when episode one came out. The Lego set of Anakin Sebulba oh. and Gascano, the the pod racer set. Nice. I just really enjoyed that set. I thought it was really good. I'm trying to think of other things um, that weren't like movie inspired or themed. Like it was just like Lego themes or something like that. And I can't really think of anything. Well, they had the um, what did they have? Legos aren't fucking. Holy shit! Back in the day, that was eighty nine dollars. Today, it would be like two hundred and fifty. Legos aren't fucking cheap, dude. No, no. I go to Lego store now and like there's Legos there for like a grand. Yeah. Like you want to get the actual Death Star? That's a grand. Yeah. If you go to uh, like I was thinking about because you know you, how I do the Perler bead art. Well, you could do that with Legos too with like a lot of the base model like the 8-bit stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how much would it be for me to make a Mega Man? And if I went to the Lego website and ordered the specific colors that I needed and all that stuff, it was going to be like $115. That's insane. I'm just like, all right, I got it. It's all right. <laughs> How much are Mega Blocks? That's insane. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that was the set that I remember growing up. So I had a lot of connects. You remember connects? 
I do remember Connects. They still sell those. Yeah, the Connects was a lot of the shit where you could like like make like moving rotary gears and shit like that. And I really liked Connects and all that stuff. So, what else we got? I know he's got a bunch more questions. Uh, what is your favorite Lego game? I don't have one because I never Undercover. I never played hardly any of them. No, the the Lego Undercover City game is actually really good. It's like Grand Theft Auto, but Lego. Oh, okay. I heard the Jurassic Park ones weren't bad, like Jurassic World. Honestly, some, mo- some of the Star almost Wars all of the Lego games are good. I would say that the Star Wars games are a little bit iffy because if you want to talk about a cash grab, that's a fucking cash mm-hmm. grab because they had a... They had a Lego game for every single movie. Yep. And then they had a Lego game for each of the trilogies. Yep. And then they had a Lego game with all the trilogies put yep. together. It was it's mm. Do you remember the really if you're gonna get, Go ahead. If you're gonna get the Lego Star Wars games, get the individual episode ones. Yeah. Then you get, you know, the most for your money. Do you remember the old ones that you would get in like the old PC like demo disc Lego games? Yeah. Like the racing ones and all that shit. Yeah. Those were bad. Those were that some bad ones. Awful. That was a weird PC game. That was like where, like, if you weren't playing a Blizzard game, then what the fuck were you playing? Like, you weren't playing hardly anything. Like Age of Empires, and that was about it. So, mm-hmm. which surprisingly, thinking of the game show stuff, no Blizzard games on there whatsoever. We. Need I'm sorry, Overwatch. Musa. Overwatch was on there. Yeah, Overwatch is on. We need a Musa Lego game. <laughs> Musa. Like fucking like uh. Dynasty, Dynasty Warrior Warriors, Legos. Devil Kings, yeah, yeah, <laughs> said Goku Pasara Legos, yes. <laughs> you just got one yes, that has that the six swords. Oh man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'd buy that shit. I'd buy that shit in a heartbeat. Uh, number three, dinosaurs makes everything better. So, what's something that they would make worse or no sense? Example: the entire cast of Speed replaced by dinosaurs. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you a movie where dinosaurs didn't make any fucking sense was uh, what was that movie that Whoopi Goldberg was in in the 90s where she played a detective ghost. No, this was actually after ghost. Uh, she played like you remember the the dinosaurs cartoon or not the cartoon, but the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that where she was like a detective and she had a partner that was a T-Rex uh, what the fuck was that movie? It wasn't Tammy and the tire, uh, Dinosaur. Uh, I don't know. But you could take dinosaurs out of that movie and replace them with humans and it'd be the same fucking movie because I don't know why dinosaurs had to be in that movie. That movie like handles racism and shit. Like instead of calling someone a racist, someone's like, are you a speciesist? And all this other... Because like humans and dinosaurs live in the same world. But like dinosaurs are like the same height as humans and shit like that. I don't know, man. It was fucking weird. I don't know. You could put put dinosaurs in, that make it worse. I don't know. Try playing a Sonic game as a dinosaur. It's called Radical Rex. Week number two. I've never played Week Radical. number two of me talking about uh, real cool, real cool Radical oh Rex. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think he does some kind of fucking dash, too. I don't know. What else we? I don't remember. What else we got? <laughs> Uh, what series would you want to get the Skylanders treatment? All the game characters get their own mini statues, essentially. Monster Hunter. Mm, I would like little mi- Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear would be pretty dope. Uh, Monster Monster Hunter dope. has like the little figures, like they have blind boxes that you can buy, 
And they're mm-hmm. not like like they'll be like eight in the series. Like there's like twenty something series out, and they'll be like here are like you'll get one of these six, and uh, then you get an extra out of one of those six. You get like an extra piece that built builds the the big monster of that set. Uh, but I would like like little things that were like Skylanders. You could you could I guess that would just be like Monster Hunter Amiibos, right? Like they have those. Yeah, they have Monster Hunter Stories that game that was on 3ds. Uh, let me think, think of, I would like just like the entire Star Fox, like characters, but that'd be cool. Like you have like an Andros. Maybe have something similar to like Star Fox Command, but give them Amiibos. Kind of. Yeah. Like, cause the characters in Star Fox are pretty cool. Like I like all the characters. I like, I like everyone on Star Fox's team. Like I even like Slippy. Like I do. Like I like him. And uh, I like all of Star Wolf's team, all even though his team is like always revolving. But I like his team. Is it always revolving? I mean, in the beginning. So let's think. In the beginning, it was Star Wolf, Leon, Andrew, and Pigma. Mm-hmm. And then Pigma left. And then yep, Andrew left. They got the pa- Andrew left to join the army. He dies in Star Fox Assault. Pigma leaves. I think Pigma dies. Pigma dies in Star Fox Assault sure because Pigma he gets dies. infected by the insectoids or yeah. whatever. Uh, and then it becomes Leon, Wolf, Panther. Yeah. I think that's it. That's the team now, like canonically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'd be cool. You could also get like R-Wings and shit like that. You, yeah. you could get like, uh, I know that you have models, but you could get like little Gundams of different Gundam series. Yeah, there's so many Gundam series like you could ma- legitimately make a Skylanders Gundam thing. But it, yeah, you can definitely do that. But I don't know how well it would sell since you have all the models and shit, too. So I don't know. You also have maybe if you can build the models and then put them on the platform and then they react to the video game. Is this how we're going to make our money? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can see Star Fox. I don't own the rights. Yeah, I can see uh, Star Fox. What else? Can we see? Yes, yeah, we'll go with those. There's a few things that you go in there. I think Guilty Gear would be a bad choice in hindsight. Guilty Gear would be good for like a niche group. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Have you seen the Scott Pilgrim uh, board game that's come out? No. Uh, there's a Scott Pilgrim board game, and all the little figures are Scott Pilgrim characters. I don't know how detailed they are, but that would be cool to have the different Scott Pilgrim characters. Because there's a, if you read the the comic book slash manga, it has a lot of different characters in it, like that have their own, like characters built and all that stuff so and that was one other one i could think of but i can't think of it right now uh right now my hero academia you could see my hero i could see my hero with uh one of the justice uh fighting games or something like that they give you like a certain costume and all that stuff one justice was terrible yeah um (laughs) i was going to say um the, the Dragon Ball Z games. Yeah. Like, there's so many different variations of Goku, Vegeta, and all the other little fuckers that you can probably swing that. And also, and this is just me personally, um, I have a, I think it's like a 20 or 30 piece collection of Pepsi Man doing all sorts of individual things. Oh, yeah. What? You want to see my Pepsi Man collection, bro? Yeah, I guess. Show me after. No, on. okay. Well, show me now. I guess. Go ahead. He's so excited for it. (laughs) 
This motherfucker just ran in like a kid with like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Put your headphones back on so I can talk shit to you. I hear you. (laughs) What the fuck is this shit? Let me see this. Okay, so. You, I got yelled at by my friends for buying this shit because oh surprise, I just waste money. Um, so these are little figurines. Okay, uh, Pepsi. Man yeah, getting into pretty shitty situations. So like this guy is so. If you ever played Pepsi Man for the PS One, it's a Japanese only auto um, runner. Auto runner, more or less. Yeah, and it's 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 the weirdest advertisement ever. It's so weird, but it's fascinating. <laughs> So it's got FMVs in it. You play, yeah, it's great. It's not. I love it. <laughs> it's great. But anyway, so there you came out with like these little bottle caps in Japan, and it looks like it's supposed to go on top of your your Pepsi. Pepsi. Oh my god. Um, there you can't like spin it in there, so I guess it just caps off. So call all the because uh, all the, the thing all the platforms are blue. Exactly. So like, there's ridges on the inside. So you put it on top of your Pepsi, and then you put pressure on it, which will allow you to open it. But they're all essentially like little, little stupid things. What the fuck? Like, like this is Pepsi Man trying to cut down a tree, but it falls on his head. Chris, it's great. You do not help your argument that I have the entire collection that you spend money on stupid shit. <laughs> No, no, no. Everyone else talks about how they, oh, I spend money on stupid shit. No, I spend money on stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, I see the game wave I right actually, now. <laughs> you move. I actually spend money on stupid shit. We can't talk you like out this, of it either. No, no, it just eggs me on even further. You're like, oh, they don't want me to have it, so now I must have it. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to buy it. It's great. So what... If you put these into your platform while playing Pepsi Man, like it could be like what player one is like controlling Pepsi Man and then player two puts like a wall in front of it and then a wall pops up in front of Pepsi Man. I got to get out the way. I don't know, man. So if you have those, you can just fuck over your friend. It's like the. Exactly. Like this one. This is a stick that hits your nuts. Oh, man. I don't know why that made me think of The Simpsons. Don't ever make me in charge of a budget. I don't know why that made me think of The Simpsons, but apparently Disney's fixing the the aspect ratio thing for The Simpsons on Disney Plus. So they have okay, yeah. but yeah, that's fucking weird, man. I don't even know. Oh, we were talking about like Amiibo and Skylander shit. All right, yeah, sure. Sure. This is him falling off of a skateboard. So, Chris, what I need you to do, what we need to start doing is for stuff that we do talk about on the podcast, we need to, like, take a picture of it. And let's take a picture of all of those and put it on on the Twitter. Okay. So that people can know what we're talking about. So, Sure. All right. I'll do What's it. What's the last one? What's like Scotty's last question? <laughs> Will you help me and AJ photobomb every single possible photo at MAGFest? Yes. Chris is pretty good at it. If we know anything yes. about the shark emote that I made, that he's pretty good at it. <laughs> it's so good. Like, that was one of my best tweets ever is when you gamble on a fart <laughs> and you lose. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. Uh, oh, I was going to say, too. Uh, have you ever played the emulate? 
I guess it's like more of a ROM thing called F Zero X Climax. I have not. I've heard about it. Uh, have you played Kusanagi it? Kusanagi told me about it, and I was able to find it. I haven't played it yet, but I am going to because I heard it's. He said it's really, really good. I just happened to look at my desktop, and it's on there. So, all right, man. That's all we got for this week. Uh, what do you got going on coming up? Um, more Fallen Order, more Pokemon. Um, I got to get back into Death Stranding this week. I've not been able to play it because I've been trying to beat Luigi's Mansion. And Death Stranding, my wife says she, she wants to see the game played. I know that she does not. <laughs> okay? I know that she does not. But she says that she wants to. The, it's essentially glorified Amazon delivery guy. Yeah. But. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I need to get back into that. Uh, other than that, I've got a Steam list that I never touch, and I need to play those as well. And I've been working on a project with Scotty, and then all of the elements of the world have been against me. So, yeah, when I do something, I'll do something. What do you got? You doing anything special for Thanksgiving? Um, that is next week. I will talk to you. <laughs> talk to you about that later. All right. Uh, I Thanksgiving's on Thursday, right? Yes. Probably won't be a Thursday night throwdown this week then. Uh, I will be playing more Pokemans. I will be, I, w- I want to play Pokemon Soul Silver as well. I will be, I, by next podcast, I will have all of the Mario Party Party episodes watched. And uh, I love it. I love finding something new that has a bunch of fucking content that I get to watch because I watch the same shit over and over again on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. What else are we going to be playing? I don't know. We'll see. I got some other stuff. I'll probably pick back, pick up some more Monster Hunter. I haven't played it in a while. Uh, I'm gonna play this F Zero X Climax. Uh, it's not like a ROM clone. What would you call that? Like it, it takes the game and like homebrew. It's a home, a homebrew. Okay, it's a homebrew. Uh, I'll, I'll try that. I'll come back on that one. Uh, I need to play more Xeno Crisis. I want to play more of that. And yeah, I bought five fucking turkeys last week. Cause they was Why? they were on sale. Fuck you. <laughs> Why did you buy five? Cause I have a deep freeze and I like turkey. So <laughs> I really like turkey. First, I don't even like turkey that I much. Fucking, but why the fuck would you buy five? Well, are they small or are they no? Like I got big ass. One, well, one. I think the smallest one's like eleven pounds, all the way up to eighteen pounds. <laughs> I can't say anything because I made five five gallons of coquito today, and that's not gonna get drink in a fucking week. Well, I'll tell you. So I I usually am in charge of the turkey for Thanksgiving. Uh, I I okay. bought a turkey for Christmas because my mom we okay. I mean, we bought this new house, so my parents will be coming here for Christmas Day. Uh, right. And I don't know. I just want to experiment and try cooking turkeys different ways. Like they're super cheap. So I I just gotta ask this question: What is your typical Thanksgiving for you? So you want me to just like do a quick rundown list of what we usually have? Yeah. Well, we usually have turkey. We'll have ham. Even though I'm not a big ham guy, I don't like ham that much. Uh, I think my wife's family does. They do like uh, green bean casserole, mashed potatoes. Uh, I do homemade cranberry sauce. Uh, stuffing. They do like chicken stuffing, or it's like turkey stuffing. Well, that shit's real good. Mm-hmm. A uh, bunch of yep. bunch of desserts. They do like my um, my mom's side. She usually does like turkey, ham, 
broccoli casserole, potatoes, uh, just kind of like the basic shit, green bean casserole, all that stuff. She brings the sides. Yeah. Basically. So, but yeah, uh, this year, my cousin, so I usually do a, a brine that I found years ago that Alton Brown makes. It's a very basic brine where I brine it for mm-hmm. like 24 hours and all that stuff. Which, by the way, Alton Brown is like my fucking hero. Dude, he's got a lot of good fucking recipes. I've been so on like this binging with Bobish and like all these other recipes like shit. Like I just spent three hundred and thirty dollars on a sixty inch by thirty inch like butcher block table for my kitchen, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be our island until we get like a professional island built. Like I'm so happy to get that. I really hope the Amazon review said that the product's really good, but the shipping can fuck you over sometimes because sometimes it just gets banged up real bad. But Amazon mm-hmm. will just replace it until you get a good one. So. But yeah, uh, no. So last year I do the I did the Alton Brown brine, and then my cousin for thank for Christmas he made the turkey that year, and I was like, oh shit, dude, this is really good. I was like, did you brine yours? He goes, yeah, dude, I use the same brine you do, Alton Brown. I was like, it's not as juicy as like mine wasn't as juicy. He goes, I got the fucking the Tony the Creole whatever seasoning. Apparently around mm-hmm. this time they sell an injectable Cajun Creole butter. Yeah, dude. It's at Walmart. It's like $3.44 for a bottle, and they give you the syringe. Wow. Yeah. So I'm about to, and you just inject it into all the parts of it, and it makes it so fucking good. I couldn't believe it. So I'm going to do, and brining cuts turkey cook time in half. So, yeah, I'm going to tell you how that goes this year, because I bought two bottles, and we're going to see how it goes. Okay. Thanksgiving is just like... It's like, let's get ready for Christmas. That's basically what it is. Yeah, more or less. Our Thanksgiving, we're just planning on getting the tree. Um, Normally, when we have a lot of people around, uh, I don't like turkey, Mm -hmm. and I definitely don't like ham. But what I do like is a nice big nil. Um, I send you pictures of it. Yeah, yeah. It's just pretty much in bone, this giant pork shoulder with the skin still on it. It's (laughs) that bright red... Covered in garlic and adobo and it's just, just everything, yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah, now that I have a house, I have to tomorrow measure how long where we're where my wife wants to put the Christmas lights. I have to measure how long all of that is, so I know how much Christmas lights to buy. Because <laughs> she's going with the big fat bulbs this year instead of like icicle lights or anything. wow. The fat bulbs are like super fucking easy to put up though. They're so easy to put up. I. I let my neighbor decorate for us because he's the type of guy that puts like eleven hundred oh, different fuck that fucking... shit. Yeah, I have no. I have PTSD Our... when it comes to icicle lights because I had to put those up growing up, and they're the fucking worst. I hate them, but no, I gotta start my Christmas shopping. I'm about to do that shit on Amazon, and I'm gonna check out some Black Friday deals. Nah, fuck that. Oh, I'm not. I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking back to the fucking like. His house is the brightest one on the fucking cul-de-sac. It makes me so mad. And now all my other neighbors are getting involved with it, and I'm going to be the only... Like, it's going to be, like, bright light, bright light, dead, dark, void, bright light. The Wenzel house. (laughs) The Wenzel house. There is no happiness or cheer here. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to check out a lot of the Cyber Monday deals and all that shit. I I don't fucking deal with getting out. 
and trying that shit. I think my my wife's aunt, her TV just died a couple days ago, so she's gonna Hallie's gonna go and try and get her a TV. I'm like, you have fun with that. I'm not fucking going. I'm not doing it. Cyber Monday. I'll do Cyber Monday, and then any Black Friday deals going on on Black Friday, but from my computer, that's it. Yep. So. Fuck that. Well, that's all we got, and uh, I guess we'll see y'all next week. Right on. Yeah, uh, take it easy, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Scrubverse Podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with us, follow us on Twitter at Scrubverse Podcast or email us at scrubversepodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure to give us a rating to help us spread the chaos. 